All right, before we get into today's episode, uh, first thing I want to do is give a shout out to our newest uh, Patreon member, or one of our newest ones, uh, Harley Rider NY. Uh, so, uh, hailing from New York, I want to thank you for uh, taking uh, the plunge and uh, joining up over at the Patreon. If you don't know what we're talking about, that's a way for listeners to be able to uh, help financially support the program so we can keep the show going and growing. Um, the content that you get on this is uh, the, the, the show is always free, but it is not free to make. So uh, every cent helps. Uh, if you are interested in checking it out, go to patreon.com slash big truth. And over there, you can check out uh, how you can get involved. And there's all kinds of different uh, uh, tiers of membership from five bucks up um, per month. And uh, they all get you each level comes with its own uh, benefits and privileges and extras and stuff. And uh, we got some uh, big stuff brewing uh, to uh, uh, for that. So uh, there's going to be a lot more stuff going on over there. But uh, yeah, check it out, man. Uh, and uh, dudes and uh, girls, uh, I uh, everyone that's uh, supporting, I, I great greatly appreciate it. I can't even can't even say man it, it means a lot that you guys uh dig this show enough to uh come out of pocket to help keep it going um if you're looking for old motorcycle parts or new motorcycle parts uh for your old or new bike that's what I meant to say you need to check out old bike barn uh old bike barn um has everything you need for your Harley your chopper your old Japanese bike and that's harder and harder to get stuff for the old uh, Japanese bikes. So if you got an old SX six, XS650 or, you know, um, Honda CB500 or 700 or whatever, uh, go over to oldbikebarn.com and uh, check it out because they probably have what you need. Uh, they're on Instagram also at oldbikebarn. Um, and if uh, you need... Uh, law services, for example, if uh, if you're in the unfortunate situation, man, where you've been in a uh, motorcycle accident, you need to check out Law Tigers at LawTigers.com. You can also see them on Insta uh, sorry, Facebook at Law Tigers. Um, just go on the search in Facebook and type Law Tigers in your state, and you'll get in touch with the local office. So, for example, in Massachusetts, you type in Law Tigers Massachusetts and uh, get in touch with them. Or just go to the general website, LawTigers.com. Uh, the number's on there. You can give them a call, and uh, they will get you set up with a local uh, representative. But I hope you never need that one. But if you do find yourself in a uh, motorcycle accident, you need to give them a call. They are a law firm that was founded by motorcycle riders for motorcycle riders. Um, if you got problems with inflammation or uh, can't sleep or you got anxiety, things like that, and um, you wanted to delve into getting some CBD oil, but you don't know where to start and you don't want to buy some bullshit on the shelf at the bodega or the convenience store near you, then you need to really check out Crater Lake Clear at craterlakeclear.com. They make the best CBD oil out there and it's made only with the best ingredients and uh, processed through the best processes. Uh, you can go on their website and learn more. It's uh, scientific stuff beyond my uh, wheelhouse and uh, my pay grade. So you need to really talk with them or check them out. Um, good stuff. And I can tell you from personal experience, whenever I take it, I get the blueberry one and or the chocolate mint one. I sleep like a child, like a baby, you know, that deep, deep, restful sleep. So uh, you need to check them out. And also uh, my shoulder arthritis feels a little better the next day. Uh, so, you know, check them out, cradlelakeclear.com. If you use the promo code Big Truth at checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Uh, so make sure you do that. And, uh, all right, I'm sitting in Chopper Head. I'm sitting at the bike lift. I just set up everything. It's probably 90 degrees in here and humid as fuck. 
And, uh, you know, I'm down, I'm just I'm literally just, just wearing a, a, like a wife beater and, uh, camo shorts and I'm sweating cause it's hot as hell, humid as hell. And, uh, guess where I don't feel so bad down below. And you know why? Cause I use the lawnmower 3.0. I think they actually got the new one out, uh, from Manscaped and, uh, you know, I'm all trimmed and, and, and uh, prim and proper down there, so it's not a swampy mess down there. You know what I mean? It's it's a nice, clean alleyway. You know what I'm saying? The alleyway, but the, you know, which aka the taint. You know what I mean? Uh, balls and taint uh, like a baby. <laughs> Not in size, but in hairlessness. Uh, so, you know, check them out, manscaped.com. Um, they have, uh, besides the uh, lawnmower uh, ball razor, they got all kinds of, they got a nose hair trimmer. They got all kinds of uh, elixirs and ball creams and deodorants and things you need. Uh, so check them out, manscaped.com. Use the promo code BIGTRUTH at checkout. You get 20% off your order and free shipping. And uh, while we're talking about 20% off, you need to check out Omerta at omertamia.com. Uh, the most realist lifestyle brand there is out there, streetwear brand there is out there. Code of the streets, old-fashioned gentleman shit. Keep your mouth shut shit. Check them out, omertamia.com. Use the promo code BIGTRUTH at checkout. You get 20% off your order over there. And they got everything you need, whether it's T-shirts, uh, hoodies, uh, fucking scarves. I mean, I know I'm talking about things that don't apply in summer, but you might live in Alaska or Siberia, and you need that shit right now. Um, everything you need, just go check them out, amirthamia.com. Um, also, if you're looking for more clothes, you and you're into like weird shit, like you're a little off, you know what I mean? Like you like some dark shit, like you're one of those dudes that, you know, reads Alistair Crowley stuff or Lovecraft stuff or, um, you know, writings of serial killers or, uh, you know, you're just weird and into cult stuff, um, drugs, psychedelics, but you also like, like 70 show vans and you like choppers and cool shit like that. Um, you, you need to check out heavy, my man, Zach Dunes clothing company and, uh, other kinds of nefarious wares over there at heavy.bigcartel.com or on Instagram at heavy clothing. Um, and, uh, also pitchfork, pitchforkny.com. Um, they are, one of the oldest uh, clothing brands that represent, you know, hardcore metal, punk rock, um, and uh, industry standard stuff there. So check them out, pitchforkny.com. They also got a uh, record label going where they put out the Back to School 7-inch series. They just put out a new New York hardcore uh, LP. Uh, all good stuff. Check them out. Um, and uh, if you are looking for more information about chopper-related stuff or motorcycle-related stuff, you're a rider, um, you're a chopper builder, you need to check out ChopCult at ChopCult.com. They're the biggest information dissemination house out there for these types of things. they got an online message board. Uh, it's absolutely free to join. Uh, that message board is broken up by topics. They also have an online swap meet where you can buy, sell, or trade parts. Uh, they got a... Um, you know, one of the other useful things now that everything's back open and going uh, is they got a, a events page where you can look at uh, motorcycle related events all around the country. Um, you can look by date. You can look by region. You can look by city. You can, you know, there's all kinds of way to chop it up. Um, so check them out. Chopcult.com. Membership's absolutely free. They're also on all the social media simply at Chopcult. Also, 
feel free to peruse my site uh, and my shop. You can come by here. We're an actual brick and mortar, full service motorcycle shop. We do everything from oil changes to full custom chopper builds or full custom builds um, and uh, everything in between. We sell parts. We got merch. We got apparel. We got riding gear. Um, if you if you're not in New England or can't get out here, uh, then you, the second best thing to do is go to chopahead.com and check it out over there, which is C-H-O-P-P-A-H-E-A-D, spelt in the most mass hole of ways that there is to spell chopahead. Um, and it gets even more assholey if you go to uh, our, our Facebook, it's Chopahead Customs, but Customs with a K. So it's C-H-O-P-P-A-H-E-A-D-K-U-S-T-O-M-S. And on Instagram, it's simply at chop ahead. Um, you know, uh, we got all kinds of shit. We can't put it all on the site. We're not really just like an online, full online store. We got a bunch of stuff online, so you're welcome to go there. But if there's other stuff you need, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email, uh, chopaheadcustoms at gmail or truth at chopahead.com, and uh, we will get back to you. Uh, but we're pretty much set up with every dealer and every supplier out there. And if not, we make it. You know what I mean? So hit us up. Um, Last but not least, if you want more information on the podcast, check out BigTruthPodcast.com. We got all the episodes up there, and we got more features coming soon. And uh, that's about it for this segment. Let's get into the real shit right now. Yes, once again, we have liftoff. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Truth Podcast, and we're broadcasting live from Chopperhead Custom Cycles on a balmy 90-degree fucking humid night, and I'm here with none other than my homie Danny Marianino from, you might know him from Northside Kings or from his books or from his movie reviews. He's a, he's a renaissance man who's done all kinds of shit, and, uh, or you might have known him from his viral video where he smashed someone, uh, I'm not going to say a name, but uh, <laughs> maybe it, it rhymes with Sven Schmanzig. <laughs> What's happening, man? What's going on, dude? How you doing, my friend? How's it going over there? Sweat my balls off, man. But luckily, I use Manscaped, so that it's it's not holding the heat in, dude. It's just you know swamp, and there's no swamp. You know what I mean? <laughs> but taking, dude, taking care of the grundle. That's right. <laughs> so uh, what's happening, man? Uh, you're out. Uh, you're in Arizona, but what part? You you're like in the Phoenix area, right? I'm in like South Scottsdale area, which yeah. is, uh, I'm, it's not the, the, it's not the new part of Scottsdale, but, uh, the way they're fucking building shit around here is almost new. I mean, my house was built in the fifties, but, yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, they knocked down, they're knocking down every fucking building around me right now and putting in all this crazy new shit. And, uh, it's really transforming the area, you know? Yeah. Well, so, you know, Californians looking for freedom, got to go somewhere. It's nuts. I don't know where all these fucking people are. Everybody must be leaving California because we got so much growth in this state right now. Uh, they're building more condos and houses and, and townhouses. I, I mean, it, it's fucking nuts. Dude, it's crazy. So I've followed real estate in Arizona probably ever since I left Arizona. And because um, I've always planned to kind of buy something else there um, when I could, yep. when I had the means to do it. And, um, 
especially the Tucson area. I got a lot of boys out in Tucson and, uh, I, and I love it there. Um, and, uh, I used to, I remember I used to like, it used to be fucking overwhelming. Cause I would be like, show me all the houses that were under a hundred thousand dollars. And I'd literally get like 900 search results from like the, the real estate websites. I'm like, I can't go through all this. Right. And, and, uh, that is no more, man. Like real estate went fucking crazy out there, man. You know what I mean? Especially with the with the co with the lockdown stuff and like people like fleeing the less free states to try and get over to Arizona. It's 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 just been crazy. Um, and in my neighborhood too, like so many people are like buying these older houses and they're tearing them apart and they're redoing the houses. So like, you know, it, it, even my house. I mean, the fucking house almost the whole house burned down years ago yeah had a fire so i mean outside of like uh half the roof and two walls uh i, I gutted this whole house everything inside's all new i mean no new pipes new air well i've already replaced the air conditioner once yeah that's arizona for you in 10 years i already bought a second air conditioner since the fire sure, but yeah. uh <laughs> but but you know uh everybody's just gutting everything and changing everything out so it's it's definitely helping bring up the area. And then you still got like, I got these fucking tweaker guys across the street from me that I'm constantly fighting with. And <laughs> they've been a little bit more mellow lately, but, uh, I mean, they got raided by the ATF once, Ugh. you know? So it's like, it's a fucking shot, like gas into the house. And like, there's a fucking guy come out with the thing on the door and like, boom, they fucking flash bang the fucking place. It was nuts. And, they, and all these dudes came running out, listening to Winger and shit, blasting, <laughs> blasting White Snake songs. And uh, uh, they, uh, so you got like a house like that here or there in between still, because, you know, these guys, their, life, their, is, house, their, their life, life is in the house, they ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, you got an old house that's being redone, old house, maybe a nice old couple still lives there, old house being redone, tweaker house. You know, it's, it's like, it's such a hodgepodge, like one front yard's gorgeous, and then the next house looks like the fucking birds. Yeah, it's the crazy. Movie, it's yeah. a Kopech fucking yeah. in the basement. I, I remember <laughs> that about Arizona a lot. And you know, the other thing that, not so much in Tucson, but kind of in areas like Scottsdale, where there was motherfuckers that would still try and have lawns, and they, like, battle nature to have, like, a green grass lawn. And I'm like... Okay, you're talking to one of those motherfuckers right now. <laughs> well, you're from Jersey, right? So you, so you, you, you're, you're more reminiscent, you know. Like you, you, like you, you need that. But I just remember, I'm like, damn, how the that must be so much upkeep just to try and keep that going, man. You know what I mean? Because it is, and I'm outside with a hose and a V-neck shirt and a cigar, like a fucking eighty-year-old little geepo out there with my little cap on, hosing the fucking grass like an asshole. So. So, so, so get this. So in the last like month and a half, two months, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of this grass shit. I'm going to put rocks in. I'm going to rip out all this grass, completely gut it out. I caught a guy up. My yard guy gives me quotes and stuff. And he says, you should, you can either do grass or I'll do sprinklers or you can do rocks. Whatever you want to do, I'll give you quotes from both. So he, uh, I let the grass die, completely fucking die. 110 degrees is dead. Yeah, but it like, took like three hours, right? <laughs> yeah, we took like a day. We get a monsoon come through. Remember the monsoons when you were out here? Those yep. the boobs, the monsoon. We got two days of rain. I'm telling you, the grass came back so beautiful that I was like, you know what? Fuck the rocks. Now I'm going to put a sprinkler system in. There you go. And I'm just going to keep the grass because even if I rip out this grass right now, 
and I rip a layer of soil out, this shit's all going to come back really nice because I didn't even do anything and it came back. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's what you learn. Maybe you don't need to water it so much. Just wait for the, uh, well, you know, the monsoons, it's a, it's a season. So. Yeah, one rainstorm every other uh, every six months is going <laughs> to cut, ain't gonna cut it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what you know? Uh, what what even spawned the move to to Arizona for you? Because uh, you know, I, I moved out there because I was going to school in in uh, like ninety five, and uh, yeah, we we were about the same time. I was ninety four. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my parents got divorced. We came out here when I was like ten or eleven years old on vacation, and my father fell in love with it. I mean, he came back to New Jersey with all these fucking animal heads and uh, deer heads and Indian rugs and shit. My friends were like, what the fuck is going on over here? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, he turned the whole fucking house into John Wayne, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, but he always wanted to come out here. And then I was like, my, uh, just before my senior year of high school, my parents split. And uh, my father uh, stayed back there. For the, I went with him. And he stayed back there for my senior year. And I graduated high school back there. And then he was like, listen, I'm going to move to Arizona. I always wanted to go out there. You know, you can come with me or you could stay here in New Jersey, whatever you want to do. And uh, I was a little bit of a wild child. I figured I could use a nice change. And uh, I came with my father. And, and, and you know, I, I came out here. My uh, my brother-in-law, actually, now he's my brother-in-law, but uh, one of my best friends growing up was going to ASU. So, you know, I had a buddy out here. I, I not only did I have my dad out here, uh, and I had some family here actually that came here too, but I had a, one of my best pals I had to come around with, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it worked out. And, you know, I, I met a lot of people out here pretty quick. And uh, that was it. You know, stayed, I stayed, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, I, I went out, I was in, Fla I was in Tucson, and then I was in Flagstaff. And, I love it. Flagstaff's a little different because Flagstaff's basically just like living in Maine, but you live in Arizona. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, it's snowed, yeah. it's like snowed there more. It snowed more there than it does here. And then you would drive 45 minutes and you'd be back in a t-shirt and shorts. It, it made no sense to me. It was fucking nuts. Um, it's wild. Tucson's cool, man. And like, and those guys like Brick Top and all them guys, I know you know those guys yeah. down there. Uh, they're, they're all great guys. It's a good area, good scene. I go down to Tucson Usually once a year because one of my best friends uh, as a comic book artist and we do that Tucson Comic Con. I, I go down, I help him, uh, I, you know, take money out of the kid's pocket. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and sell stuff for him the whole time. And oh, yeah. you know, I'm spending a couple of days down there. Hell yeah! And you, uh, you live near Roger? Because I know he's out in Scottsdale. He's like ten minutes away. Yeah, I see him all the time. And uh, in my fact, we go, we go. I always run to uh, of all the people I run into the grocery store all the time, it's him. I think he's at the fucking grocery store like every five minutes. <laughs> well, he's got he's got kids, and you know, he's probably just trying. Yeah, to yeah. He, he, he's he's real close. Uh, he was about five ten minutes away, and uh, Lawrence, uh, or, um, yeah. Brooklyn. What's his nickname? Brooklyn. Brooklyn Larry. Uh, Brooklyn, Larry. Brooklyn Larry. I know him with yeah. Lawrence. Lives like like a minute from Roger, so we're yeah. all real close. Oh, that's awesome, man! You got a, so you got a good little like uh, uh, northeast uh, hardcore uh, 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 refugee uh, camp over there. It's true, and there was there was other guys here through the years. Uh, Rick Ross was out here played Mad Ball yeah. and Hatebreed for a Rick was living uh, out in Arizona. It was like it's just been like guys that came and went, 
and then there's the guys that stayed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you you were also in cause for alarm for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I um, is that when you were still I, in Jersey, or is that when you were out? In no, America? I was out here actually. So I met. So the, the way that kind of worked out was uh, I was working at this place uh, called the Nile in, in Mesa. Yeah, and I was doing security there for years, and Sheer Terror played, and I worked that show, and the drummer of Sheer Terror, this guy Tony Scaglione. Uh, I just started talking with him, started rapping with him, and we hit it off. You know, when you meet somebody, it's like you've known them like your whole life. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that was kind of like what me and Scaglione hit it off like. And uh, you know, he moved uh, away, but we kept in touch. And he met a girl out here, and he ended up moving out here. Well, he was playing drums at the time as well for for Cause for Alarm. He did the split with Warzone, and then they did that Cheaters and the Cheated album. And they were looking to do some more touring, and at the time, uh, some of the guys couldn't get on the road. I mean, listen, you get a little older, it's hard to, like, just you got a job, you got bills, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I was young. I was 19, so uh, I ended up, uh, Tony's like, hey, you know, I'm here on, I, I, we can practice. Let's put let's put it together here in Arizona, and uh, we'll just bring Keith out. And that's what we did. And uh we went to Europe like that. We did uh, some U.S. tours, two couple tours, and then we did that birth after birth album for like. I think Victory gave us like three hundred dollars or something. <laughs> we fucking. I don't think we even we were afforded to pay Keith's plane ticket. I think we we had to cover that out of our pocket. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and we did that uh, little EP real quick. Nice, yeah, nice, man. I I I, uh, I st- that's still the first seven inch is still one of my favorite. Of like the old like first wave like New York hardcore seven inches you know or like oh uh, it's such an underrated band and and listen I don't say this because I played in the band for like a little brief stint because the band was way around way before me and I think that Cheaters in the Cheated album is oh, yeah. probably one of the best fucking hardcore albums out there oh yeah no uh, it's good stuff and, and you know people don't really give cause for alarm the credit that it's due. We when we played when I played with that band, that was the best time I ever played in the band. I played guitar. I didn't have to sing. I did yeah. some backups here and there. I fucking loved it. We were super tight, and kids went fucking nuts. You know, we had oh, yeah. really good shows. And it was a great band. Hell yeah, man! There's a there's a there's a few bands that I feel like slipped through the cracks, like and notably, like you said, Cause for Alarm, but also like the Abused. I feel like the Abused kind of slipped through the cracks too, and I, and that was such a good seven inch, you know? Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's there's a few, you know. Like people talk about the the main staples, and I'm not knocking the main staples because no, they built they built a foundation, you know. But uh, uh, every once in a while, I pull up an old album and I go, man, yeah. this fucking record is just awesome. I know. I, I'm at that stage too, where like there's not much new shit that I like, so I just rediscover old shit that I forgot about. <laughs> you know um, what I mean? Yeah, I'm the same way. And uh, it, the, 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 the last couple albums I bought were Slapshot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bought the uh, the I, I love Body Count. Yeah. Uh, I I see uh, I see basically the new Biohazard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, but they're all older bands, so I'm like I haven't bought. 
I don't think I bought something from a new band in a, in a long time. Yeah, and it, you know, there's, there's been a few here and there, um, and but then I always get bummed out because I think I'm all, yeah, man, this fucking new band's good, and everyone's like, nah, they've been around for like five, six years, and I'm like, ah, shit, I know. <laughs> like rotting out from California, like they, I like that record. It's like I had like two of their records. I'm like, this shit's fucking good, and everyone's like, yeah, dude, those came out years ago, and I'm like, fuck off, I don't know. <laughs> it's new to me, dude. I've been doing this shit since like the mid '80s, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So. Um, but fuck it, yeah. Yeah, dude, you know, it's it's something that you hit on, like, you just said, like, you know, when you said being in college for Lam was fun because it was like, you didn't have to sing and you could just play guitar, like, dude, like, because I do vocal stuff, too, like, I've, everyone always, like, cracks on the singer because, like, oh, the front man's got it the easiest, doesn't have to lug equipment, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, I think it sucks having to do that. Like, being like, we can't practice. Like, what are you going to do? Yell in a room? Like, we can't, like, you know what I mean? There's like, unless, yeah. unless there's like band practice, like, there's not really much we can do to, to uh, keep our instrument in, in, in order. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, in, in Northside Kings, I got kind of stuck with the job. Yeah. We, we recorded the demo. So the, the first Northside Kings album was really intended to be the next cause for alarm album. Okay. Uh, but me and Tony and, uh, Tony Bono, he passed away, but, uh, we had parted ways with Keith after the Europe tour. And these were songs that we wrote for cause for alarm. And I ended up recording them with Tony anyway. And then some time went past and we just let it sit and we kind of forgot about it. And, um, friend Richie was like, why don't we go in and just finish that? So I'm like, all right, well, why don't I just do, vocals for the time being and we'll use this as a basis to try to find a singer you know can you do this and and that's what we did and then Richie was kind of pushing me to send it around and we started shopping it and we sent it off to a couple labels we sent the nuclear blast and the owner of nuclear blast was like yeah this isn't really my thing and he gave it to Andy who owns Thorpe Records okay. and said you should call these guys and you know because you're starting a new label this may be a a good band for you guys, and we hit it off with Andy really quick. And then I was like, "Well, listen, I, we still got to find a singer." And he's like, "No, I want to put this out the way it is." So I was like, ah. so <laughs> I kind of, I got stuck being the guy singing yeah. and playing guitar, and I didn't want to do that. And eventually, we, you know, we would play shows with a band like Madball. Mind you, I'm never going to have the energy of Freddie. I, I don't think I had the energy of Freddie when I was 10 years old on eating Snickers bars. And, uh, and not for nothing, like you know, but there's 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 not many frontmen that have that level of energy sustained, yeah, exactly, like through exactly. a whole set. You know what I mean? Like the end of the set is just as energetic as the beginning. And I don't know, like I, I think Madball's just a, such a well-oiled machine for a hardcore band. They're like literally, like, and I'm not saying it because they're my friends and brothers, but like literally, so impressive as as a as a live band for, for, for like hardcore, but in uh, any genre, they're just so like on point, you know, un unbelievable, unbelievable. And they're doing it so solid all these years, but we would play shows with them. And then like, you know, they got guys singing in the crowd and putting the mic out in the audience. There's more participation than me standing there playing guitar yeah. and getting the microphone bunched into my teeth Yep, uh, and, and chipping my fucking teeth while we're playing songs. So, I was like, en enough is enough. Let's add another guitar player and I'll just sing. Yeah. And by and, the, and by the certain, third album, that's what happened. And there's certain music where it's, it's like if you're like in a punk band or like, you know, a pop punk band, you can play guitar and sing. But like in a hardcore band, that's it's hard to do 
either one of those, yeah. never mind both at the same time. Like with the, like you said, with the energy and the chaos of live shows, like it, that's, that's kind of like, I'm trying to think of any other band where someone in a, like a hardcore, hardcore band, like sings and plays guitar or sings and plays bass, you know, it's, it's, it's not very common. It, it, it's not. And, and early biohazard did, but there was also two guys really putting a lot of energy live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, but there wasn't that often that you saw that. So I, I, you know, I, I, I was like, uh, let me try it. So the, the organizing our neighborhood album, I had already wrote most of the, I had to write the songs so I could sing and play them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that album, by the time that album came out, we had, we had already added uh, Ryan Butler on guitar and I was live. I was singing, uh, you know, just singing. But by the time we did the suburban royalty album, I was able to write songs a little differently. I didn't have to write them in a way where I had to sing and play. Sure. So I could write, I could write the music and, do stuff a little bit better vocally than I was able to do before. And I really think that that album, and it was our last album, but I, I think that that album really was a good evolution for us uh, in a little bit of a, a better direction where I didn't have to worry about, can I play this riff and sing this song at the same time? Because uh, that really hindered, I think, the writing a little bit. You sure, know? sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, not everybody could do that, Jason, uh uh, or James Hetfield, uh, just do whatever the fuck and sing and play. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck that guy does that shit. I know. Uh, unless he's just like turning, they're turning him down on some of that stuff and he's just pretending to play. I don't know what the fuck. This is impossible. You he's, know? Just, he's just playing like he's just chugging the E chord or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just fucking, he's got, he's got big armbands on, so you can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell. Really yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was that it's tough. Like, you know, Metallica is. Well, early Metallica is a little different, but later Metallica is a different pace for that. But like, but you can tell, like, you know, it's like you said, like when you're when you're singing and playing an instrument at the same time, the way you're going to write is different than if you were just um, yeah. un unleashing uh, vocally or un you know you know so hundred uh, percent understood. You know what I mean? Like, because it's it's, it's and, I, and I I would rather play guitar. I enjoyed guitar a lot better. Yeah. Uh, than than I did singing but at that point we were kind of at a, a spot where we can't just pop a new singer on we have to start a new band yeah so you know it didn't make sense to do that let's just i'll just continue this the way this is and if i do something again i'll, I'll be sure not to fucking i'll be sure i'll be like a fucking mime yeah, yeah. you don't even know i'm there <laughs> no i hear you dude it was, it was kind of weird because like my um old band uh and from the late eighties was old Boston hardcore band. And it was the same thing. Like the first seven inch, I played guitar on it. And then, you know, we just went through all these lineup changes and then I ended up popping on vocals and then, you know, just got stuck with that. Cause I couldn't do both. I wasn't talented enough to do both at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, shit sucks. But, uh, but dude, yeah, so anything, um, actually I had, um, questions from one of my Patreon members, um, I, I got to look it up to see who it was, but I, I they were just wondering uh, if there was going to be any uh, Northside Kings, like any new releases or any uh, any touring or anything planned, any shows or anything planned. I know you, I, I don't think you guys ever formally broke up. You just kind of go on hiatus a little bit, right? Yeah, well, we we put out a we put out a a, a download only on my my I have my merch website totalgavone dot com. We put out like a unreleased. It's all like demo tracks and uh, a couple songs we didn't put out and shit like that, some covers. 
uh, and we called it. We never broke up. We just got lazy because that's <laughs> kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we did a show in 2017 uh, with Agnostic Front for the 35th uh, anniversary tour that they were doing. Uh, we played the Phoenix show with them, and uh, uh, we're probably going to do another show eventually. Maybe a couple shows. We'll see. But uh, our guitar player, uh, Ryan, had uh, a, a full-on liver transplant. Oh, how's, and, how's and, he doing? Uh, he's doing? He's doing better, but uh, he, had, uh, he had a disease called Wilson's disease. And it, it, it's, the guy was like, didn't drink. He really uh, kept a pretty healthy lifestyle. No drugs, no smoking, no drinks. I couldn't even get him to sip a pina colada. Believe me, I tried many a time. And it wasn't because he was like a straight edge guy. His mother had Wilson's disease. Okay. And it attacks your liver. It turns, it turns like stuff that you eat in the copper or so. I don't know. I'm not the best guy to give the, the medical yeah, terminology, yeah, yeah. But, sure. but it was some shit like that. And he was afraid he was going to develop it his whole life. And guess what? He developed it. And maybe two to three weeks before he got that liver transplant, he may not have made it. <laughs> beyond that yeah uh he he got really lucky to get the liver he got when he got but you know without him you know i'd want to do it the last show we did we did it with todd hamilton who was who played guitar with us for a little while after butler left because butler went on to do a band he was in called land my marathon todd was in um warzone he played bass and uh another guy who's out here and um he played uh, guitar in a couple bands around here now, but he, he came in on guitar after Butler. When we did that show, we had Luke, who was already the guitar player, always a guitar player, me, Luke, Butler, and Todd. like <laughs> with three guitar players. <laughs> and and I, I, I mean, I didn't play guitar at this show. I just, I, I just sang. But I would love to do that again because the whole point of playing the show was hanging out with, Luke and Tom and Jason and, and all those guys and the band practices and getting together and doing it again. And it would be a little weird if we didn't do it without Butler. I sure. would like rather have him there. So hopefully he makes a good recovery and um, we'll see. I mean, if he can't do it, he can't do it. If we do something down the road, but listen, the older I get, the harder it is to yell like that as well. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, it's just the older you get to just life and, 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 and like responsibilities and shit like that get in the way it's it's way easier to tour when you're an 18 year old kid with not much happening you know it's way different yeah. when you're in your 40s or whatever you know for sure i could hop in that van with cause for alarm and they, they i was the young kid they were in their 30s i thought they were all old motherfuckers yeah yeah and uh and i was you know play, playing game boy on top of the luggage in the back <laughs> of the van like it was nothing you know yeah today you put me on luggage i'll fucking kill you I, yeah, I, yeah i'll be yeah. crippled for a week yeah exactly you know? yeah you'd, you'd be hobbling on stage yeah fucking yeah. I, I get it man I, absolutely um but yeah what, what else you got going on i know you've um so so I actually got to shout out Jake Richards for that question. So no plans to uh, no plans to do to record any new material or anything. Um, maybe. I mean, I've written a few songs. Okay. So you know, um, that's always a possibility. I've been kind of kicking around doing uh, some stuff as well. Where um, I got some friends, different hip hop guys that I'm buddies with, where I could write a couple songs like I did with the Puerto Rican Mike that Hustle Don't Stop. Yeah, and have different guest guys come out and do vocals, and I got a few songs that would work along the lines of that. So 
maybe a little something different, but I may do that as well. We'll see. I mean, I, the one thing I do love is writing and recording. Yeah. The thing I don't like is live, but uh, but I do love. I, I mean, I just I, I I always I I always get nervous before we play. I just fucking hate it. No, not that's not playing. It's not fun to me. Sure. But the studio is a blast. Yeah, I, I love recording. Now let let me ask you this. Does that go away once the show starts, or do you not like even doing the show once you're in it? It goes away once the show starts. Yeah. It's just uh, all the shit around it, the, the, the nervousness beforehand. Just, uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in a panic beforehand, yeah. you know? Like, you're worried about, I'm mean, not even playing an instrument, I'm worried. Yeah. What the fuck am I worried about? <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know and, and the thing is, like, especially now, like that last show we played, we hadn't played a show since 2006? No, 2008, I think, was the last show we played. And then we played 2017. Believe me, my voice was nowhere what it was. There's a video on YouTube. Yeah. There's Northside Kings reunion. You can look it up. I mean, I, I definitely uh, a lot fatter than I was. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. My throat. I, I'm struggling with my voice. I put that fucking microphone. I let every kid in the crowd sing half that fucking. Oh hell yeah! I was like, I'm I'm done. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. It's not like you can practice like and 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 vocals like you need to keep your vocal cords trained or it goes away and you got to build that tolerance back up to be able to do a whole set. That's what I used to be in our people that could like, you know, like dudes like, uh, you know, like Scott Vogel and Tara, like how is that motherfucker singing like that every single night for like, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's fucking mind blowing to me, you know, like it's unbelievable. But he's another performer. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's just I think that's just you know you got to just keep it up and like and and build the build the vocal strength and tolerance and shit like that you know, but um yeah, but yeah, well you're gonna like if we tried to practice we'd sound like we'd get uh, locked up in an asylum because people would think you're mental you know, <laughs> <laughs> guy screaming in his to, room. I was, practice, I was trying to practice in the car yeah, on yeah. the way to work and I was listening to the albums and I was singing along in the car. You know, and, <laughs> people, and people are pulling on the side of you. <laughs> they like try not to make eye contact and stuff because they think you're having oh, yeah, like road yeah, rage and shit. <laughs> yeah, they were pulling out of my way like I was like a fucking uh, like an ambulance coming through. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Um, but dude, you're also an author with uh, you got what like three or four books out? I got four books. I'm working on a new one right now. Um, so I, I wrote. I put a book together with all the hate mail I got from uh, the, uh, uh, Mr. Wonderful, the metal guy. <laughs> Fans that uh, uh, sent me years of hate mail because they thought I uh, sucker punched somebody, but uh, clearly that's not. And, and, and you can easily hurt metal people's feelings a little bit more, yeah. I think, sometimes. So, I, uh, well, you know, el elderly people get a little cranky too. You know what I mean? They, yeah, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> I started getting, I started getting all this, like, uh, putting all this hate mail together. All these messages that were just ridiculous, and me and my friends were laughing about it. And I'm like, I should put this on a shirt because some of this stuff is pretty funny. Yeah. Like a guy told, a guy told me he goes, "Y'all a bunch of fat fucks." And then he said, "If I could get out of this wheelchair, I'd strangle your fat neck." And I'm like, who would send that in an email? <laughs> I don't even know you're in a wheelchair, so why would you tell me this? Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I, I put it together, and I put a story together what it's like to play in a small band. And in between, I put uh, I put uh, all that hate mail through the book. It's funny as fuck. Now, did um, you did you put the hate mail through to kind of like illustrate or like set off a point that you were making about being in a small band, or was it just 
just just found the best ones and just throw them in there. Uh, I, I kind of the, the whole book kind of makes a point of like prior to what's going on today. I mean, especially with the division in this country uh, and everybody fighting with each other on the internet. I I kind of wanted to show like, hey, you know, what you say about people, you could you. I'm a little thicker skinned. I'm an adult, but if I was a kid in high school and having to deal with this kind of shit that I'm dealing with right now, I might have been. I might have went off the deep end, you know. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I, I kind of put it out to make a point, like you know, people should really maybe take a little step back and before you get on say something horrible about somebody, maybe know the facts a little bit or what happened. Don't don't jump down people's throats real fast because you don't know you don't know what kind of person they're like. And and the book kind of tells the kind of person I'm like. I'm a funny guy. I like to have fun. I you know bullshit my buddies. And, I love movies and and, uh, and and books and fucking music and uh, it, it kind of tells a story of like you know evolution of a uh, growing up and playing and just everything you kind of go through and what life kind of dishes to you. Yeah, uh, it, it's a fun book. I mean, it goes through like everything through my house fire to like and then like and then when the house burned down, I was getting messages like. Uh, Danzig uh, put a curse on me. And this, is what, <laughs> this is what you get, you know. Yeah, and like yeah. Satan, Satan's coming for you, and oh, all those crazy shit. It was like really nonstop. And like, and the funny thing is, like today or just yesterday, our guitar player Luke and we were bullshitting about something, and he called me chubby, and Facebook like yelled at him about it, and like they told him they were going to ban him for like thirty days, and I was like, man. I had to write Facebook over and over about people fucking sending messages to my family, sending messages to my wife, to my friends about me, creating fake profiles. They wouldn't do shit about it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you call me chubby. They've been, been friends for fucking yeah, years. Just ball busting. Yeah, just Yeah. Yeah, you just stuck on my balls. You can't <laughs> tell digitally that this guy and me are friends that were tagging each other's pictures. They can't. Get the fuck out of here. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, like that's that's like a whole can of worms. Like when you get into like weird internet censorship, but it's so crazy because like because I think they just have people developing like a list of banned words or like problematic words, and they're not taking any context in into play. Like they see you and your buddy Boston balls like friendly. Like that's what you know we do. Like when it's your friend yeah. and and. And they just see words. It's just, I think it's just like literally key words get flagged, and there's no you know there's no like logic behind it. It's just like all right, you said this word. You're um, here's your warning, and if you say anything else, you're going to be banned. And I have so many friends that got in Facebook jail for just like uh, you know the same situation, just ball busting back and forth, and they end up getting banned from Facebook for however long. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, if you go, if you go to like dancing memes. And yeah. I really try to stay off that stuff, but people always send me stuff. So it's like, I always end up having to see it if somebody sends it to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you go to that page and, and like somebody puts a meme up of me and him and there's, you know, there'll be a bunch of comments talking shit about him, but there'll be a ton of comments talking shit about me. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. They'll be like, you know, some guy will be like, you know, if I ever see that guy, I'm going to fuck him up and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I, he thinks he's tough. Like, well, when have I ever bragged that I was tough? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, you know. But meanwhile, that's going on, and they don't bother with that. It's like they, they pick and choose. Yeah, I, I, you know. But I, but I, I, I tried to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And that's what that book is. And I, and I did another book 
after that call to make matters worse, which is uh, it, there's a little bit about playing in cause for alarm, but it's it's a lot of stories about me not liking to shit in public places, yeah. and it, it's a lot of growing, a lot of crazy growing up in New Jersey stories, like how we used to sneak in, I snuck into this uh, uh, all nude fried chicken restaurant in, in Manville, New Jersey, called Frank's Chicken House when I was in high school, and wait, wait. I got caught with a oh god, just some crazy shit. Man. Before, before you go, why was there an all nude fried chicken place? Like those two things don't sound like they go very well together. So the the rumor, and I talk about this in the book. The rumor, from what I understood, I was a kid. Okay. But Frank's Chicken House, uh, this place tried this bar tried to get a liquor license in Manville, New Jersey, and the city turned them down. They didn't want a, 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 a city bar in the city. So the guy was like, "I right, go fuck yourself," and he opened up a fried chicken place. That had all nude girls, <laughs> like serving was, serving the chicken or like dancing or no, they had dancers, strippers, uh, oh, okay. and, and 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 you know, topless waitresses and shit, and uh, it was like it was like the um, place that we would go to hang out when we were kids, wow. like that we we all tried to get in. It was our porkies. Yeah. You know, and uh, sounds, yeah, that sounds like a, well, I, that sounds like a, a place in a movie for sure. You know, it sounds like Porky's, like you know, like a chicken, like a chicken place. <laughs> I got in there. I got I got into Frank's, and there was a stripper who was a porn star at the time named Buddy Blue, and uh, I <laughs> I got a I got a picture, a Polaroid picture with her, <laughs> and and I brought it to school, and I got caught with the picture at school. <laughs> Did they <laughs> take it away? Oh yeah, they called my parents and stuff, and it was the whole thing. But uh, but yeah, I brought it to school because nobody believed. You know, they were like, "You got you didn't get in." I'm like, "I got in, and I got a picture with Bunny Blue sitting on my lap, but it didn't." Die. And and I, I brought it to school, and I got in all kinds of trouble. But uh, uh, it's a lot of stories like that that are that are really funny. And I did an audio book version of it too, uh, on Audible. Nice. Well, I I think I don't know. I read a piece of yours, and I don't know if it was from that or if something. It was just something that you wrote, and it was about like, and it and it resonated because it, it reminded me when I was a kid, um, about like having forts and like in the woods and like, or, and like finding old playboys or something, kind of having a stash in the woods and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's just a deleted. Uh, was a deleted chapter, or it's in the audio book. Okay, but there's a whole there's a whole. I didn't put it in the print book. I happened to record it like on the fly. But I've read it, like it online David somewhere. Did you did you release it online somewhere? I don't think so. But maybe somebody typed it up. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I, I had a clubhouse in the woods that uh, me and my friends built a treehouse, and we used to keep like machetes out there yeah, and like yeah. all kinds of fucking fireworks and knives and playboys. And my yeah. my dad had like a used car dealership, and all the guys who had playboys, and I would smuggle them out. And this <laughs> was from the mechanics. And we would like totally keep them in our in the whole fucking the, the, the part of the story that's the best part is this, uh, I built this clubhouse so fucking shitty it crashed into a creek yeah. and in a, in a snowstorm and it got stuck in the ice and everything fell out and and I had a Playboy that had Elvira in it and it was open to the Elvira page in the ice <laughs> and I tried everything that I could to dig that fucking Playboy out of the ice it was ruined for the uh, it, yeah, there's, there's, it's all stories like that. That book, it's a hard book for me to market because it's not a music book. I'm not a comedian. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I had a little trouble marketing it, but I think it's the funniest fucking book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's it, really, 
it's good. Not, not only was that story funny, but it also resonated because I think that was a thing of like of the times when we grew up. Because me and my boys, like, like so. I always grew up in the city, but then we moved to like this, like kind of more suburbs and there was woods in the back and, um, not like big woods, but like a little woods. And we would, we kind of like made like a little BMX trail and, uh, we'd go back there and we built a fort and it was the same exact shit. Like, like we had like, like ninja stars and like all like our little weapons (laughs) that we, that we'd save up and buy from Asian world of martial arts on the back of ninja magazine and shit. And like, or soldier of fortune shit we ordered from soldier (laughs) of fortune magazines and shit. We had our little stash of weaponry and we just, we must have stumbled upon some like teenagers porn stash because like we we had like a Playboy in there and it was like always wet like from like just being like damp and rain and shit and it was just like you know it was like just like everything sucked but we were so stoked just to have our own little like piece of freedom back there and then then it started getting real weird back there because they started finding bodies from like the New Bedford Highway serial killer and shit so we're like yeah <laughs> you know it, it start getting a little weird back there uh, but we were a little older by the time that happened but you know it was like but it was crazy man like it was like. Uh, you know that that stuff resonated i think and i wonder like i hope kids are still doing stuff like that but i feel like in this digital age man like people are just staying in and kids are staying in and they're not going out and doing that type of shit anymore like getting adventures dude i always i don't know why i talk about i don't even have kids but i talk about that on this podcast a lot it's like some of the funnest stories was going on adventures like you trying to get into the fucking naked chicken place or something like we all had that crazy shit going on when we were younger and I feel like that stuff's so important in, 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 in defining who you are and like, you know, like building character and stuff. And I feel like a lot of that's lost when kids are just sitting at home looking at shit on fucking devices, it, man. It is. And it's lost on us too as adults. So this year, earlier in the year, before it got to be a million degrees in Arizona, I, I bought a bike, a bicycle. I'm like, yeah. I need to lose weight. I need to get in shape. I need to start riding a bike. One of my buddies lost a bunch of weight. He lives in the neighborhood and he's been riding a bike. So I went out and bought a, uh, a nice bicycle that could hold a big guy. And I found all these fucking crazy canals that I could ride from my house that take me all the way up to Scottsdale and all these back ways to these bars and all this cool shit. And I'm like, I've lived here 10 years and didn't know any of this was back here. Yeah. And I started exploring again like I was a kid. And, you know, even like coming back home, you know, instead of taking the canal back, I would ride my bike through like old Scottsdale, through all the shops, and you know, through the people are outside the bars, and I got a little music playing on my uh, on my little uh, Wi-Fi speaker, and I, I, it's like an adventure, and I, and I was like, and I, I said to my buddy, I'm like, this reminds me of like when we were kids, when we would just get on our bikes and go places, and, yeah, and 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 I, boys, I fucking miss this, and and, and I say, you know, like where I live. You, know, you don't really see kids out there doing that shit. I mean, where I lived in New Jersey, it was different. We we had woods. I rode dirt bikes. Yeah. I mean, we we had this. We thought we were the trail warriors. We were like the road warriors. But <laughs> we 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 got a friend that glued a squirrel tail to his helmet, and I had a football helmet with deer antlers on it. Nice. And we thought we were we thought we were like Mad Max and shit. Those guys Fuck riding yeah. around in the woods until I got caught in a vine that pulled me right off the fucking uh, bike <laughs> with that helmet on. You know, I, I missed that, and I really realized how much I missed it when I got the bike, and 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 I've been kind of hitting up now. It, it's too hot for me. I can't even drink enough water to stay hydrated just sitting at home, let alone getting on a bicycle yeah. in 110 degrees. But I can't wait for it to cool off because I, I really enjoyed the bike, and I, I can't wait to get back on it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and and that's 
what attracted me to like just motorcycles, man, get on a bike and go for a ride and finding some shit, just riding around and stuff. Um, yeah. But, but I think it's different on a bicycle too. Like, you know, cause you know, in a car you're, you're in a cage, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're fully sheltered from your environment on a motorcycle. You're a little more out in it, but you're still going fast and stuff, you know, like, and, yeah. but on a bicycle, when you're going around town, you're still more like you can be up on the sidewalk, right? And you can be there riding. Like the, you're still a little more interactive in the environment than even on a, on a on a motorcycle you know so there's something cool about that and and that was you know that was some of the best part of youth man just you and your boys getting on bikes and riding around and looking for trouble or some bullshit to get into you know what i mean and and uh and some fun you know we found uh the guy who uh hogan's heroes who was that guy that, that died in hogan's heroes was it bob um, bob crane bob crane we found the uh, apartment complex that Bob Crane died at. We were riding our bikes. We found the address. Yeah, yeah. And 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 literally, there was a crane in the canal that was right by it. Sitting there, I took a picture of it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bob Crane and a, and a dead uh, a crane was eating a lizard in the canal. Uh, but just just taking those little trips just to find places like that around town. There's so much in my neighborhood that's hidden that I had no clue that was off the roads. And I'm not saying like off road, like. Like I'm riding like BM uh, dirt bike yeah. type stuff. I'm talking like I'm just like just once you get off the main street and you're on these little streets, there's these little pathways, and it's fucking cool around my neighborhood. I, who knew? Absolutely. And and I'm really in, I'm enjoying the exploration. Like I'm like I'm in Stranger Things over here. Absolutely, man. But that but that's just uh, par par and parcel for anybody. Like no matter where you are. You get out there, there's going to be some shit that you discover and find, man. You know, every day might not be the biggest adventure, but I bet you will find new shit every day. So just get out there and fucking do some shit, man, because it's, yeah. it's cool. Like, you know what I mean? To have that, you know, like, I don't know. You bet. But, you bet. Uh, and then you, uh, I know you're like heavy into movies, man. And I always, I always like, I like reading your posts about like, you're like, you know, like what you got going on for movies. But you, you, one of your books is about like revenge flicks, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's so, so fucking anybody, awesome, dude. That's so fucking awesome. I love revenge movies. Who doesn't yeah. love a good payback? Fuck and, yeah. and there was all these books about horror movies and this movie and that movie. Nobody did a book on revenge films, so I I was gonna do them in volumes. I I started volume two, but I haven't gotten back to it because they just keep coming out with so many movies I can't even keep up with it. Now, when you say revenge, uh, but, it, it, it it can be kind of like revenge is just a general theme that can be like across several genres. Like it could be action or horror or even drama. Like is does it does does the book trans transcend all like those genres or is it like more like I yep. spit on your grave like type revenge or no no it's a mix. I mean, there's like uh, there's there's comedy revenge movies. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, um, from Revenge of the Nerds, just, just, sure. just with the title alone, to uh, you know, to uh, uh, to movies like uh, 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 Blind Fury with uh, Rutger Hauer, yeah. uh, or you know, which is a he's a blind samurai getting revenge. I mean, there's 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 so many movies. Fighting Back is a really good one yeah. that people don't even know about. It's it's forget about Charles Bronson. I, mean, it's, I was going to say you got to say you got to mention career. Death Wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made a career out of revenge. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, what was that movie he did with the he's a watermelon farmer, uh, Mister Majestic. Yeah, where the the mob is like trying to muscle in these labor guys to 
to take over his watermelon farm or whatever, hire these guys and they shoot up his watermelons. Yeah. <laughs> who, makes, who makes a movie about a watermelon farm? <laughs> it's like, I just, I'm trying to imagine the pitch. All right, this guy owns a watermelon farm. Like, oh, that, that must have been, you know what? It was probably something else. And then some movie exec was like, well, why don't you make it a watermelon farm? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a ton. And, and like, it's got some interviews with a few people. I interview, um, uh, guy who played John Kreese and uh, the Karate Kid. Um, uh, who else I interviewed? Uh, Fred DeHammer Williamson. I interviewed uh, Heather Lionkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, a few people. It's got some sub chapters. I talk about uh, Steven Seagal, crazy movies, yeah. and, uh, you know, the rape revenge movies. I mean, I think nobody likes to really talk too much about that, but there's a whole chapter of that, believe me. And, sure. some, and every Kung Fu movies are fucking revenge movies. Oh, yeah, pretty much. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, there's no there's no question with that, so. I mean, and, and never mind, like, Rambo, dude. Like, that's probably a quintessential one. Oh, yeah. First Blood, first blood 2, he goes back, you know. First Blood 3, goes back to yeah. get, uh, Rambo 3 goes back to get his buddy. And fucking, where are the missiles? He, he fucking fucks up Russia and he gives Afghanistan all these weapons and shit. I know, that one's so yeah. ridiculous. Like, I watched that one not too long. Like, what I love is, there's, I don't know, there's some station, I don't know what it is, but, like, I'm always flipping through and it's, like, it's always, like, one of the one of the Rambo ones or it's, like, Delta Force or, like, some of those old movies. And I always get roped into watching them, like, and, and, uh, and uh, I never regret it, but I'm, like, it still has like commercials and shit. And I'm like, why am I watching? I can just rent this or like put on a there's DVD. An app, there's, there, well, there's an app called Tubi that I watch a lot. T U B I. Yeah. And uh, on the Roku, and like I just watched uh, uh, Invasion USA with Chuck Norris was on there. Nice. I'm like, this is a great one. Then Cyborg was on there. That uh, Van Damme. Van Damme. Movie, yeah. Like, yeah. The, post-apocalyptic i'm like get the fuck out of here cyborg I haven't seen this in years so it, it was it's like chock full of like crazy fucking action movies so i was just i was gonna bring that up because i literally and, and uh i got a, a, a big announcement coming up soon i'm not gonna do it today but i'm gonna tell everyone start downloading tubi it's a free app um I just really dove into tubi within the last like two weeks and i realized that they got all kinds of like crazy B movies and like, you know, you know, non-mainstream movies that I didn't think, you know, like anyone else had, you know, like I know you could find some of that stuff on Amazon prime, but I'm trying to like de Amazon my life as much as possible. Um, yeah, they're so, making enough money. Yeah. They, so, you know, uh, so I've been getting off that. Somebody else gets it. Yeah, but like Tubi's got a lot of good shit on it, man. I I started like putting like I added like I got a huge watch list. I haven't had time to watch much, but I I've uh I've uh I'm fully supporting that one, man, for sure. Like and I, and I get it. Yeah, there's a lot of good shit on there. So last month, not was it last month? Uh, June. It was the month of June. I did uh, Summer of Seagal. Nice. And I, I named that myself, by the way, because nobody else was doing the summer of the goal. You, you, better, you better trademark uh, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched 31 days of Steven Seagal movies, and a lot of them I got on Tubi, because Tubi had a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, and I put up an article on my website uh, talking about what it was like to watch all that Steven Seagal. Yeah. And, uh, I can't believe he has 31 movies. There's more. There's oh, yeah, more than shit. that. That's so crazy. Like, 
he's still making movies and, and you know like he, he made recently he made another movie with DMX did he? Uh, yeah it, uh, it came out in 2019 it was actually pretty decent too but uh, DMX was a cop in it in, in this one the last one I think I think that Exit Wounds he was like an agent uh, working double agent or some shit but yeah uh, but uh, yeah and then there's another movie that he's got I forgot the movie, but like it's in like Marrakesh or some shit. Yeah. And there's like a there's like a fucking uh you know, he's a typical CIA, ex CIA fucking guy. He's in a, he's like one of those in every movie. There's a picture on the on the wall in this like Marrakesh fucking police station of DMX on the fucking board as a wanted picture. That's funny. And I was I was like I had to zoom in on my T V. I'm like, is that DMX there? What yeah. the fuck is that? He was not even in the movie. That's crazy. But yeah, he he did a movie with Nas. There's a movie he's got with uh, uh, Ice Ice T's in the Nas one as well. Ja Rule's in another one. I mean, he, he Corrupt I think is in one. I mean, there's a ton of movies where he does all these rappers and he That's changes funny. his accent. It's just fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, there's a ton of them. But the- Tubi also has Lawman, which is like I miss Cops. I love that show, Cops. I watched it religiously, and uh, now that you know. People don't like cops anymore. They uh, took it off the TV, and Steven Seagal Lawman is on Tubi. Oh, that's, that was that his, whole... like him, him, like where he's actually a sheriff, like in real life, right? That's what. That yeah, was, yeah, like. and he's like rolling around, and all, and all the people in Louisiana, are like, "Yo, man, you Steven Seagal," <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, yeah, baby, yeah, baby," you know, he's yeah. like all smooth and shit. <laughs> I can't remember who it fuck. is. There's a there's a stand up comedian that did a whole bit about that. He's like. There's some town in the United States where I can go and drink and be an asshole and literally get arrested by Steven Seagal. <laughs> like fucking, <laughs> I forgot who did it, but it's a funny fucking bit. Like, and uh, and uh, yeah, man, like that's it's fucking crazy that he's you know. But you know what I always thought the best thing was is like if you're ever in like a beatdown hardcore band or like a like a tough guy metal band and you're looking for a name for the band, all you got to do is look at Steven Seagal or Van Damme's library of movies, and there's no end to like uh, oh, yeah, ba- band yeah. names. That's all you. They basically it's like a band name. It's a uh, name generator you know what i mean like <laughs> fucking <laughs> but i i also thought about years ago and i did this where crowbar I, the band crowbar yeah. i went through i went through one of their albums and i took the first sentence from every song on the album and i made one song out of it and it makes sense then i took the second sentence from every song and i wrote a second song out of it and i was gonna do a band that just not see if anybody caught it. Yeah, that's what it was. No, I mean, no, probably nobody would have ever caught it. But uh, it, it totally. If you listen to Crowbar's lyrics, every song was almost the same thing. Yeah, but yeah. it totally would have fit perfect. That's fucking hysterical. You, now you're gonna have all kinds of people like looking at Crowbar lyrics and trying to like piece it together now and see see, <laughs> see what your lyric sheet looked like. Um, if somebody does it after listening to this podcast, I definitely want to come to guest vocals on it. Let <laughs> yeah. me know. Hit me up. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, man. Um, but what what's uh, what would be your top five revenge flicks and if they can cross any genre or you know what i mean like but what you know did you did you kind of come down with like do you have like a top five revenge uh is that is that easy for you to do or is that, uh, is that that's a tough hard one? to do i mean I, I, commando yeah uh is, is definitely probably one of my number one favorite movies i love death wish three yeah, it's ridiculous. He goes back to New York. He shoots a fucking guy out a window with a bazooka. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it doesn't get more fucking crazier than that. Um, uh, I would say Nightmare on Elm Street is an unbelievable revenge movie. Uh, that I mean, those guys, uh, when they made Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven, uh, I don't think he really realized how much of a, a revengeful cat. All Freddy wants in fucking seven movies is to kill the fucking kids whose parents fucking burned them up. I mean, yeah. you get more fucking angry than that. Uh, uh, Porky's has got to be up there. Uh, I, I love Porky's. And uh, I would say Revenge of the Nerds uh, is definitely one of my, my favorites, too. I mean, there's a million of them. I'm sure. First, First Blood uh, is, is, is probably my one of I can't. I can't decide whether when people say what's your favorite movie. I can't tell them if it's either First Blood or Predator. I can't make up a decision. Nice, you know, uh, one or the other. And then, you know, um, there's a lot of movies that maybe aren't a revenge movie, but it has like amazing revenge scenes. I mean, take uh, Sonny Corleone getting whacked. Yeah. In, in The Godfather, I mean that scene is just unbelievable. And then a lot of people don't like Godfather Three as much, but. That scene where Michael Corleone's daughter gets whacked in front of him, talk about a revenge scene that, that's moving. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw that in the movies when I was a kid, and the whole theater was fucking quiet with him, you know? Uh, There's so many movies out there. I could I can go on and on about revenge forever. I, and, I, and I don't even mention Kill Bill in the book, and I, I didn't on purpose because I didn't want to put every revenge movie that I could think of in one book. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to... I, I spawned the book out through uh, different time periods. So I wanted to come back and do a volume two. And I still may do it, but, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a shitload of movies. And they just keep coming up on them. Nicolas Cage, I don't know what the fuck his problem, but he's making revenge movie after revenge movie. He's pissed off about something. He's making revenge movies, and he's also making, like, very strange movies that you could watch on Mushrooms, and it, I feel like they'd be better, like Mandy or... Um, yeah, or the, the color, color of, uh, of uh, yeah, what is whatever it? the fuck it is. I mean, that was like like kind of more of a Lovecraftian type of thing. But like, man, those movies are fucking pretty psychedelic, dude. Like, so he's, he's color doing, of space. Yes, color of space. Yeah, those two, man. Like, those are pretty psychedelic movies, and uh, and then uh, psychedelic like horror type movies, and then yeah, but he does have a ton of revenge movies. That's for sure. Even even his superhero one. Um, uh, what do you call it there? Kick ass. Uh, kick ass was one. That one, Ghost but uh, flaming uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, and I still do a lot of movies around town. Like this weekend is the Phoenix Film Festival, and I've been a programmer for the horror movies, the shorts. I do the short films. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing that this year's the twelfth year nice. that I did it. Basically, I watch the short films that the independent filmmakers submit, and I kind of put together what I call two mixtapes. Uh, the two ninety or eighty minute uh, segments of of the short films, and I, I, I it's a grind because like I literally once I figure out the ones I like, I go back and watch them again, and then I go back and I put them in an order I think that works, and I watch them in that order to make sure it flows good. Sure. Um, and uh, that starts this weekend here in Phoenix, and uh, yeah, twelve years I've been doing that, which is, is crazy. We we don't bring out as it's it's. Phoenix Film Festival has a branch. It's called the International Horror and Sci-Fi Festival. And we used to, back when we could, you know, a little bit more uh, finances back then, we would bring out different guests every year. Like we brought out, um, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Ken Foray, 
we showed Dawn of the Dead. We did a Q&A with them. Um, we brought out Lance Henriksen. We showed Aliens 2, uh, or Aliens, it's called. Um, we, Linda Blair, we showed The Exorcist. Nice. And we did a Q&A with her. We haven't really done the guests like that as much because, it, it, believe it or not, it wasn't as popular. So it kind of faded off with that. But uh, I think Dee Wallace was the last one we brought out. We showed Cujo. Nice. She did a Q&A. She did a Q&A after Cujo. But, uh, but still, there's, there's feature films, the horror stuff. There's, um, there's independent stuff that's not out yet. And my buddy Brandon picks the independent films, and most of the ones he's picked really ends up getting uh, picked up for Distro. I mean, he's got a good eye for it. The Deathgasm was one. That's on Tubi right now. I'm nice. pretty sure it's on there. Uh, it's, a, it's a horror movie with Metalhead Kid. Nice. Um, you know, so I've been doing that. I still do that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I collect Sangoria magazine still. Like, I was a kid. I still have a subscription to Mad Magazine. I really haven't changed other than I got bald and fat since I was uh, a kid. You know? Now, I, I used to be so, when I was a kid, I was super into horror. And I used to, we used to drive out to New York to go to those Fangoria weekend of horror like conventions. Um, yep. And uh, it was always a good time, man, because you could go down there and buy bootlegs of like shit that you could, because back then it was like VHS, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, so you could find shit that you couldn't find anywhere. And, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I remember hanging out with like Gunnar Hansen, like what the, the original, uh, Leatherface and uh, yeah, yeah. Met, uh, what's his name? Um, Ed Bradley or Will Bradley? Uh, the dude that played Pinhead. You know, just you know. The, oh yeah, yeah. It was, always, yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was just cool, man. You know what I mean? And and uh, and uh, he's and, and he's a cool guy. I hung out with him once. And uh, uh, Doug Bradley. He, Doug Bradley. Um, yeah, I knew it was Bradley. I couldn't remember his first name. He. I was talking to him about the new. You know, this was like ten years ago about the Hellraiser movies that he was like, listen, I don't make a whole lot of money doing a Hellraiser movie. He said, but I make a lot more money at these appearances. And if I can keep being pinhead, I'll keep being pinhead forever. Yeah. I'm the only pinhead, you know, nice. I mean, there's been another Hellraiser without him since, but, uh, you know, after like Hellraiser, like four or five, most people kind of dropped off. Yeah. I mean, I've seen them all, but I'm fucking retarded. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, you know, those guys make a lot of money in those appearances and, uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, 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 uh, I still spring for certain stuff. Like I, uh, Carl Weathers was here like a year ago. Um, cause he was, uh, he's in the Mandalorian Yeah, and, uh, and I'm a big Rocky fan. So I got, um, I had a Rocky two thing signed by him right now. I got, I got a picture with, uh, Stallone and Mr. T, my wife got me in a nice frame that signed. She got me for Christmas years ago. I, I ended up getting Ivan Drago at some convention online. Nice. I got uh, I got um, Paulie. Uh, he also his website. He's got a website. Uh, fuck, I'm having a mental block on his name, Paulie. Um, he's, he's an artist and he sells his paintings and stuff. And you could buy a picture off him, autograph. So. I got Paulie, and now I got Apollo. All I got to get is Adrian. I got most the majority of the cast that's you know still around. Nice, nice, hell yeah, dude. I uh, yeah, I it's just because when you as soon as you said Fangoria, it just brought up all those memories, man. It was cool. Like, um, I, don't know, I, just, I can't remember everyone. Linnea Quigley from uh, oh yeah, yeah. She, of, she was just here in town. There's a there's a festival that comes here called Mad Monster. They do one in Ohio and they do it here in Phoenix. I didn't go this year um, just because of COVID and it happened to be 4th of July weekend. 
but uh, she comes to it almost every year here. Cool. She, she's at it a lot. Leanna Quigley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm uh, bad with names. Yeah. Um, the coolest one, though, is I, I met and hung out with Clive Bacher for a little while. This is, you know, 18, 17-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid or something. You know what I mean? But Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's weird, man. In that genre, people are usually pretty cool. Now, this is pre all the big cons. Like, there was no Comic-Con back then, or, or, or I didn't know about it. You know, it was just literally just a horror convention. You know, it was in New York. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, it changed a lot. I mean, it used to be a lot cooler when you can go and uh, and hang out. So my buddy that I was talking about as a comic book artist, I help him at a lot of shows. And, and there was a show that we were at, and uh, Amanda Beasley was there. Um, Amanda Beasley was uh, Marcy from uh, uh, Married with Children. Okay. She was in Flight Night, so she was signing stuff at the horror convention for Flight Night. And we were there early because I was helping him set up. So I just went over and bullshit with her. Oh, yeah, I'm a personal guy. I go around start talking to people. And she gave me all this crazy insight on Married with Children. I asked her a million questions. I wish I had like recorded it because she just was like ready to talk and, and go and go and I asked her about uh, who who did she like better, Jefferson, Darcy, or Steve. She liked Jefferson a lot better. She told me. She told yeah. me that uh, told me that Steve left because the show wasn't doing well at the time. It still really wasn't getting the ratings, and he didn't think it was going to be a big show, and that changed. Yeah. She told me that the show got canceled because Ed O'Neill just walked in one day and quit. That's why there was never like a finale or anything. He just said, "I'm done." So they canceled the show, and. And Christina Applegate found out about the show being canceled on the radio before oh, she even heard about it from her agent. I mean, they, she gave me so much insight on Mario with children. I That's talked funny. to her for like a half hour, you know? I, I, I think my boy tattooed her, like, and, um, because someone was telling me about it. I think, I think, I can't remember which one. I have, you know how it is. We probably have like 300 tattoo yeah. artist friends, but someone was saying she was mad cool. She walked into the shop and she just got tattooed and she was like super cool. And, uh, yeah, she was really cool. And, 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 you know, like, I asked her about the. I, I said to her, I said, how come when I, I bought all of Married with Children on Voodoo to, so I could stream it, you know, whenever? And uh, I said, how come, you know, most of it doesn't have the Love and Marriage song? And she told me that uh, when Fox licensed it from, uh, uh, from Sinatra's uh, people, he, they licensed it for television broadcast and home video not for internet streaming. Yeah, because that didn't even exist they, back then, so how would they, yeah. It didn't exist, yeah. So they, and they paid Sinatra as a state a million per episode. Jesus. Imagine the money that Sinatra just got off of that. There was like 90 episodes or 100 yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they didn't want to have to pay for it again. So that's why when you watch it on Hulu, there's like a da 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 like a whole goofy <laughs> fucking song. You're like, yeah. what is this? Wow. You know? That's crazy, man. I didn't, yeah, yeah, well, that's, you know, imagine that, like, there was so much money in TV back then that they could, not just, not even just the production of the show, like, they could just pay a million dollars per episode to have the song, you know what I mean? Like, like, it, was, like it was that important, it was like, damn, dude, you couldn't fucking make a song, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fucking, yeah, yeah. plenty of people that, that you could have had write a song for fucking 10 grand, you know what I mean? And would have signed all the rights away, never mind, you know, a million, you know what I mean? That's fucking nuts. And think, of, think about the time period. I mean, yeah. you know, a million dollars today is still a lot. Forget about a million dollars in 1987 or 88, whenever yeah. that show started airing. That's probably know? like fucking 10, 15 million today, you know? Yeah. 
the cheapest the cheapest intro song of all time and the cheapest intro ever made is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The song is a public domain song that they got, so they don't pay anything for the song. And the guy got in their car with a camcorder and recorded that footage themselves. So that is the, <laughs> known yeah. as like the cheapest introduction to a TV show ever made. Ever made, yeah. That's the, that show's funny, too. I, I, I don't get the time, but I've like... That's one that I've I wish that I had started and watched the whole thing because when I do catch an episode of it, like it's usually if I'm flicking around or something and one's on it, it it's always fucking funny. You know what I mean? But I never. It's, think o- it's only there. like with, without commercials are like twenty two minutes. So like, yeah. if you ever get the time to do it, you could bang out a season in like two three days, easy. Yeah, and, yeah. And barely and barely sit down to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I, Good shit. I, I, you got. I got to have like the time and focus to do that. Like if I'm sick, that that'll be the next thing I do the next time I'm like sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just fucking sit there and roll that. But dude, well, um, when you do, you make sure you hit me up because we'll talk about episodes. I've seen it like ten <laughs> times. Danny DeVito is like one of my favorite fucking. My two favorite guys are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yeah, and they and and they clearly made one of the stupidest best movies ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. You know, and is is. Are revenge movies? Is that your favorite genre? Are you more of like a horror guy? Like what? Like what? What's? Uh, you know, I'm like a flip flop. I mean, I love old kung fu movies and yeah. Kishiro Mifune, all those old Akira uh, Kawasawa's, the Yojimbo, the Seven Samurai, yep. Hidden Fortress. Uh, uh, you know, um, I, I, I love a lot of those too. I, I just love movies. When I yeah. was a kid, we had a video store by our house in New Jersey. Palmer Video was the name of the store. I used to ride my bike there almost every day. I would take whatever allowance, any money I made, shoveling fucking snow and cutting grass, and I would ride my bike down there, and that fucking guy let me rent any movie I wanted to rent. Rated R, didn't make a difference. I kept a list of every movie because I, at the time, I thought I was going to be able to see every movie ever made. <laughs> that was my <laughs> goal. As a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? A guy who saw every movie that's ever been made. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Johnny five trying to get more information, you know, suck it all in. And, uh, I, um, I, you know, and my, my parents were the first like people in our neighborhood to have cable. Um, we, we had HBO, we had this German guy that lived uh, next door and he had a ham radio and he used to fucking talk on a ham radio and it come through our television. <laughs> and my dad would be screaming out the window, calling him a Nazi and shit like, He's like, talk to your friends on the phone, you fucking Nazi, you know, those crazy <laughs> shit. Because all these guys were like talking in German, coming to our television. So my dad got cable, and he was a big movie guy, too. My dad my dad had me watch The Warriors when I was like maybe eight or ten years old. It was yeah. on TV. He was like, you're never going to see this again. I saw this in the movies. You need to see this. And, you know, literally, you know, home video would blow up, and I owned it on DHS, DVD, yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. own like some versions of it. That's still but, uh, one I cannot believe they have not remade yet, and I'm sure they're gonna because like every you know every like 70s and 80s movie has gotten remade for the most part. Um, but I can't believe that one hasn't been redone yet. You know, it's such a such a brilliant movie, Walter Hill. Uh, really, I mean, or, or, or the, between the, if you ever look up on the internet the gang names. In the Warriors, there's so many more gang names that they created that you don't even know that are in the movie. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what a, what a brilliantly made, amazing 
just an amazing movie. It was just you know? a cool premise. Like, you know, and, and I like a lot of like seventies, like weird underground, like whatever, like B movies or like grind or exploitation or whatever, whatever, you know, things like that, like, like weird movies. But like, um, I don't know, like Warriors seemed like it was, it wasn't a B movie, but it seemed like it was like a breakout B movie. You know what I mean? Like, but it was just done so well. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like the premise of it, like, you know, it's just, there's not, there was nothing like it, you know, at at the time. And there's really been nothing that kind of matched it. And that's why I can't one, of my, one, of, one of my favorite, uh, you know, I got a lot of different action figures and toys and shit, but probably one of my favorite things that I have is my father randomly like 10 years ago just gave me a cyrus action figure really that's funny i don't know where he saw it or how he found it or what the fuck <laughs> but one day he just came over he's like i got you something it's probably like one of my i would say one of my most prized possessions of things that i own because it was such a such a movie that shaped me as a kid where you know uh, it kind of woke me up to what the world was like. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and your father, your father shared that and brought you in on that. You know, and then yeah. him getting you that figure, which is so fucking obscure to begin with. Like, how the hell did he come across that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's he find in the toys in a toy store? You know, yeah. Toys R Us. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going yeah. on? I don't think like, Toys R Us had a Warriors uh, action figure <laughs> section. It wasn't was it nestled between GI Joe and Star Wars. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that and, and and another one he made me watch at an early age was uh, First Blood. I remember when it came out on video or if it came out on cable, but I must have seen it like in '83 or '84, and I was born in '76, so yeah. you know I was like maybe eight, seven or eight years old when I saw it, and I watched it with my grandparents and my father and my mother, and uh, I mean I was glued to it. Yeah, uh, it got to the point where. Uh, and I got a little older. I tried to grow my hair like Rambo. I even told my parents that my name was Danbo for a while, <laughs> and and I would only answer to Danbo. And then, then I thought I was cooler a couple of years later when I I started walking around with a match in my mouth. I thought I was Cobra. There you, you go. Know? <laughs> so, I, when I was a kid, I actually like I remember at the flea market I bought like the Rambo survival knife. You know what I mean? And I thought I was all cool, but it was such like a garbage knockoff one. Like you know, I brought it in the woods and it was just like fucking breaking and doing. You know, it was horrible. But I was so stoked. We all had, we all had that knife. It yeah. had the fucking compass on it and the yeah. little sewing kit. The whole deal. The sewing kit, the matches, the uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the saw I blade. Also, I also the little, had the the wire saw blade with the two loops, so you could saw. Yeah. I, I also had uh, a Buddha necklace. How's that one for you? There you go. Out of like a little, out of a little like uh, green pearl Buddha thing yeah. that I wore. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, as a kid, I got you were all in. <laughs> you yeah, were. and, and I, it's still like that today. I mean, listen, I just bought a book on Amazon, uh, the making of Flash Gordon. There you go. And I loved that I, movie I mean, when I was a kid. Oh, what a fucking classic! Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. Uh, you know, it's like ridiculous, but, and the book is amazing. There's all this, uh, you know, character development, pictures on the art from the design. And then in the back of the book towards the end, they, they have a photo from a deleted scene of men with all these skulls wrapped around them and shit. It's fucking cool. It's cool as hell. Nice. Uh, I, I can't really wait to dive in and read about it. So, you know, I, I think I got to a certain point in life where, I grew up, I got older, I got a good job, you know, I'm married, I'm a homebody, but I'm still collecting those things. Like I said, I still have a Mad Magazine subscription. 
I can't believe they're uh, still making Mad Magazine. It's not quite the same as it was. DC Comics bought it, and about a year ago, they stopped putting new material in it, uh, it which sucks because it kind of ended with them making fun of Obama, it ended with them making fun of Trump, and they haven't really gotten into making fun of Biden because they're not doing new material anymore. Okay. Uh, but but they but they do a new cover each issue, and it's kind of a theme thing. So, like, they had a uh, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong came out. The whole issue had Godzilla stuff, King Kong stuff from the last 50 years. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so it is cool. I mean, you know, so it's not quite the same, but it's still pretty cool. And I still got the Fangoria subscription. My friend, they just charged me for on my card automatically the other day. Nice. I just got the bill for it. So, they you know, are- I'm still doing the same shit. Yeah, fucking remember there used to be two magazines that were like competitors of Mad. One was like I remember Cracked and Crazy. Cracked. Yep. Crazy didn't last as long as Cracked. I have a I have a few Cracked magazines still because I I I have all my magazines logged into this app, and I'm still trying to fill into a lot of them. So like yeah. when I go to a store, I can pull up. Do I have issue number 108? <laughs> and I could pull I could pull it up on my phone. So I don't buy duplicates because I do that a lot, and I don't have a lot of people. It's hard to sell it on eBay, and I don't have friends that are trading it. So yeah, I um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Crack, Crack always had that blonde chick with the big tits. Uh, yeah. as I thought was the little painter guy chasing around that big titted blonde chick. That's right, the little painter dude. Yeah, dude, you're you're like seriously all in. You got apps and everything to like track your shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's 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 fun. and I and I. Not only do I put my, I have all my Fangoria's, Rue Morgue is another magazine I collect, I have a subscription to, and I keep those uh, all plastic bags boarded, and uh, the Mad Magazine's Starlog is another one, which you, came out before Fangoria. Do you do, uh, like, the old, uh, what was it, Famous Monsters of Filmland and stuff, like those those old ones? <laughs> There's so many, it's just hard to yeah. collect all, all those ones, but I, I have some old Famous Monsters stuff, and I have some random issues that Forrest Ackerman put out, like like when he left Famous Monsters, he started just a magazine called Monsterland, and I got a couple of those. I try to get like a lot of the earlier first issues on some of those weird ones. Uh, you know, I have a few eerie and a few creepies, yeah. Uh, but I have a lot of those in books, like collected books. I can actually just go back and read the actual collected books because trying to find those old magazines, that, that you can find them, but people try now that they're kind of become a little bit of a popular thing there they're way more expensive than they sure. should be yeah 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 you need to you need to do the you need to come up where you go to like a random yard sale and someone has like a box of them for like two dollars or something you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah there's a used store here called bookman's i don't know if you remember that store yeah dude, dude i used to love bookman's because they, they had one in tucson too man there was all kinds of cool shit in there bookman's yeah they, and and like somebody went in there and sold Recently, the uh, first six issues, Fangoria uh, relaunched a few years ago, and I bought them for three dollars a beast, and I put them on eBay for like a hundred bucks, nice. uh, you know, and sold them off. But I also, bought, I, I mean, I just stocked up on a ton of old Star Logs there, at two dollars a piece. You know, they're talking about the the new movie Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and another one that's got Gremlins two, and Another one that had uh, nothing but trouble on the cover, the two little fat twin brothers. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd movie. Remember that one? Yep. Uh, so, and RoboCop 2, the, the new RoboCop, you know. <laughs> I, love, I love looking through all those old things and reading 
I like to, I look through them too. I don't just put them away. Like I was reading news on the new Adams family movie before they made that movie years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about, they talked about Cher had signed on to be Morticia Adams. I mean, she didn't end up being it. Uh, uh, Angelica Houston ended up being Morticia Adams, but the news that they had on it was like all sideways because it completely changed by the time the movie came out. Sure. Yeah. Which is like par for the course with all those, but yeah, it's funny to see the early reports of stuff. Yeah. yeah I like that stuff. So yeah, I'm super nervous about to circle back to Arizona, because I, I want to see if your experience is like, was, was like mine. Like, how much of a culture shock was it for you to go out there? Because we went out there right around the same time. I was probably, a, I, I'm born in 72, so I'm a couple years older than you. Um, but, dude, I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Like, because I was in Tucson, which is a little smaller than Phoenix. Phoenix is like a legit city. Tucson was like a little city, you know? And I just remember yeah. being like, dude, what the fuck? Like my first day I lived in an apartment complex. I went to, the, there was a circle K across the street and it was like just a dude strapped with his fucking big leather fucking belt with the two guns and fucking, I was like, <laughs> like, it was like nothing dudes driving around on motorcycles with like a shotgun strapped to him. And I was like, I was into it. I was like, this is fucking rad. But it was so weird to me because like people were just generally back then. I don't know about now. We're like so much nicer and stuff. Like people were like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, and I thought they were trying to fight me. I was like, what the fuck? Am I an asshole? Well, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like they're like, what's up? And I'm like, yeah, what's up, motherfucker? What? You know what I mean? I was like, it took me a little while to get used to it, man. Um, I, and I'm, you know, I, I come from an Italian-American family that's pretty Italian. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely had the same culture shock. Yeah. I, I, I like to explain, when people say to me, like when I first moved here, what was it like? I like to tell, remind them the end of Goodfellas when he said, now I order macaroni, I get egg noodles with ketchup. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was like when I moved here. Yeah, there's no, um, there was no Italian. I mean, good fucking bomb-ass Mexican, but no Italian. Yeah, yeah. And there was really not much of a community, and it's changed a lot now. I mean, I got one of the best Italian delis in the country, and I've been to a lot of them on tour, believe me. Yeah. Uh, I got a place that's five minutes from my house called the Falcos. That you know, the guy makes the homemade cheese sausage. He imports everything. He's got oh, right. uh, it's un- unfucking believable place. I mean, I I'm I'm just I'm like inches from having my own sandwich on the menu uh, <laughs> over there because I, I got a sandwich that I order all the time. Uh, and and he's got another sandwich on the menu named after his friend. So I'm trying to get my trying to you, get my you, own. You trying to muscle in there, yeah. To get you need yeah. to get that'll be a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. But the hot the hot tri cured gabagool. The uh, the uh, uh, superside, the fried peppers that they use for the sausage and peppers, yeah. not the roasted peppers, but the fried peppers, lettuce, tomato, onions, and the imported provolone. That's my fucking jam right there. There you go. Uh, the, you know, but uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's bomb ass Mexican still. <laughs> the one great thing about fucking Arizona, man, the Mexican food is through the roof. Dude, even uh, even but, the local chains that are like fast food, but they're not really like um, was it Filiberto's and Los Betos and all those ones with yeah, like yeah. yellow yellow signs with red letters. If it's got a yellow mm-hmm. sign with red letters, it's probably all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like fucking so good. And they're and they're open like twenty four hours. You can go get a, a carne asada burrito at like three in the morning. Thigh. Yeah, yeah, uh, three o'clock in the morning. It's the size of my thigh. So like you know, it's like, like seven go- bucks. Yeah, it's like six bucks yeah. or something. Yeah. And when you were a kid, you know, you go, go. I shouldn't say kid, but even in my 20s and 30s, you go to a show, 
you know, you could go to one of those places at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Usually you could sit outside, eight to 10 guys sit outside and bullshit and eat for another hour or so, you know, after the show. I mean, it's, it's the bomb, but, uh, it's it's changed. Like it's really changed a lot. I mean, we got, um, we got a pizza place here that, uh, that's, really through the roof uh that's good it's such, uh, it's, it must be such a gold mine dude because i remember it, that being so lacking i was like dude i was like what i need to do is raise enough capital where i could open one of those uh those like kind of like local chain mexican restaurants here in massachusetts and open up an italian fucking like open up a pizza shop out there and i'm like i'll just make millions <laughs> yeah there's really still not a lot of places that you can go get slices I mean, there are a few places, but they're not that good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, most of the places you got to go, uh, really, you got to get slices. They're like, eh. There's one place that's a chain here in town. They got three or four locations, and then they got one in New Mexico. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the place that they get the pizza at all the time in Breaking Bad. Um, like when he throws the pizza on the roof, and then oh, anytime yeah. Jesse gets pizza, it's that same pizzeria company. They got... Uh, two lo- I think two locations, two or three locations here in the valley, and they make pretty good. You can get slices over there. Um, it's a pretty good pizza. But you know, if you're going to go to most places, you you really got to go uh, uh, sit down. It's the brick oven. You, you get like your own individual pie. Yeah, uh, that's you're not gonna you're not gonna get the, the Tony Monero walking down the street with two slices folded together. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Out, out a window. That's not happening here. Yeah, but you know, you know what the sad thing is? Even in New York, that's getting harder to come by, man. Like, there's like, there's like the cheap ninety nine cent slices, but a lot of like the the goods, the good places aren't. You know, it's not. It's not. New York's been gentrified, so a lot of the good little neighborhood spots are gone. You know, there's still good shit got, for sure, but it's not like the same. Yeah, it's a, it's a big foodie place, so. There is a lot, like like I said, when I came here, it was nothing, but it's it's definitely, it's it's changed a lot. There's restaurants on every corner. We got a really good burger place up the street. The guitar player from uh, Sacred Reich owns it. Oh, nice. Called Rehab Rehab Burger, and come come to rehab. (laughs) They got like they got crazy burgers, like they got a peanut butter and jelly bacon sriracha burger. You get it on a pretzel bun. Sounds disgusting. I tried it. The lady was like, if you don't like it, I'll bring you whatever you want. And it, I loved it. And they do like a, a special burger every weekend. Like they did a Shark Week burger. It had a, a, a giant burger with fucking shrimp on it on top of the burger. And uh, cheese melt all over. It's fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's you know, crazy. There's some, there's, some, there's some good food places now around here. Unfortunately, I've been you know trying to eat a lot better. And I've been almost eating vegetarian, which I'm not going vegetarian. But, yeah, uh, you just eat better. I definitely... I definitely dropped my cholesterol down tremendously by eating more uh, fucking garbanzo beans and shit. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, uh, anybody that tells you that they're like John Joseph that he's eating vegetarian because he loves it, he's fucking crazy. Because <laughs> none, none of it tastes like a chicken parm. I'll tell yeah, you that yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's some good shit out there, and uh, I'm getting kind of used to changing my eating. But I'm, I haven't really barbecued in the last couple months, and I'm a. I got a big giant Oklahoma Joe smoker out here. I got fucking, I got a, a, a 36 inch Blackstone flat top in the backyard. I mean, yeah. I got all, my whole backyard is a cooking fucking central and I'm in the house making fucking beans. Yeah. Well, it's 110 degrees too. Like who wants to be smoking fucking meat when it's 110 degrees out, right? F- well, you jump in the pool, you go back out. I got yeah, the pool yeah. so I can, 
I figured a way to manage that to make it work out a little yeah. bit. I, you know? I, I got one of those Traeger grills last year and it's kind of like the mm. cheat. It's like the cheating, like fucking smoker because it like, Oh yeah. Cause it it's like feeds though. it and it keeps like the temperature for you. I'm like, it's hard to fuck shit up, dude. Like I just throw a piece of chicken on the grill and it tastes like a fucking, like I bought it at a barbecue restaurant. Like it's so good, man. Like I can't, it's really good. I can't and I, I work stress with a guy, how different work, it is. You know, it's so different. You know, I, I work with a guy who made his first brisket on his Traeger and he brought me in some of the brisket to work to try. And that brisket was as good as like my 20th brisket. And I'm out here with a shovel, like a fucking train conductor, yeah, and yeah, charcoal, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah. like an asshole. And, yeah. and this, you know, I'm staying up all night long. I mean, I, 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 the last brisket I cooked, I started at six o'clock at night. I went to bed at like six in the morning for like three hours and got back up and wrapped it up. And I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's a whole fucking day. Yeah, uh, yeah. This guy, this guy is setting it for gay. He's got a little thing on his phone. He's watching TV in the house. Like a night, you know, enjoying it. They really, you could really do some good shit on a Traeger. That's oh yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, listen, like I got no, I got no inclination to be uh, the, the next contestant on like barbecue pitmaster. Like I just want, I just like barbecue and I just wanted to make good shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but yep. like, with with less of a hassle than having to like you said monitor the heat and add charcoal and add this or or add like fucking wood chips and stuff like this i just i take the little wood pellets i put it in the hopper i set it to the temperature and i'm like eh, i'll check it in like three hours or whatever like i don't i didn't buy the one with like the digital screen that like um connects to your phone and shit so i still have to go out there and monitor the meat with the thermometers and shit but it's it's fucking rad dude it, it's so much better i mean it sucks because it's like doesn't make like a burger as quick if you just wanted something quick like you know what i mean it's a little bit more of a process but like yeah then then like a then like a fucking gas grill but by and large i man, got the gas i got the gas grill for the fast cook there you i go. got so much shit out of there. I, the oh, one yeah, thing yeah. i just had to get rid of though unfortunately the sun just wore it down i had this box like kahatina you ever hear that no so it's a roasting box the whole box on the inside is lined with sheet metal Okay. And it's wood on the outside, and uh, you put the top on it, and you put a sheet metal top on it, and you put the charcoal on top of the sheet metal, so it roasts the inside. It's the same technique of like wrapping up a pig and putting the pig in the ground, okay. like you would get in like Hawaii. But you're not putting it in the ground; you're just putting it in the box, and you cook with charcoal on the top. By the weight of the charcoal, is how hot it gets inside the box. And like I've done a few. Whole pigs in the backyard. Oh, so it's that big? You uh, could do a whole pig? Yeah, yeah. I did a, I, I the biggest one I did. I had to squeeze it in there. I did a seventy pound pig. I had to cut the arms off because I couldn't get them in the box. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, I've you know I've done like you know good like thirty pound suckling pigs. I've done like two three turkeys in it at a time. Uh, one time I had a bunch of friends. I was like, listen, I'm gonna fire up the box this weekend. You want a chicken? Bring me over a whole chicken. And uh, come back at the end of the day, and I'll, I'll give you a chicken back. And uh, I did like twenty chickens in the box, twenty five chickens. Uh, it was really good, but the, the 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 elements of Arizona just wore that box out, yeah, dried yeah. it out, and that, yeah. it just fell apart on me. You you had when you were talking about garbanzo beans, you had John Joseph's attention, and as soon as you talked about cutting a pig's arm off, like to get it in the box, <laughs> you, you totally <laughs> lost them right there. You lost them. <laughs> uh, well, let me bring them back. Chia seed, chia seed, chia seed. <laughs> <laughs> nah. yeah, dude. You know, it's it's part of getting older, man. We gotta we gotta be smarter about shit. You know what I mean? For sure. 
And um, yeah, I'm not feeling it. You know, that's why I got the bike, the bicycle, and uh, you know, uh, listen, just last week. I lost. I mean, I'm, I'm eating more bread than I would like, but uh, and I lost five pounds in a week. It's just, uh, just not eating, you know, supersod and prosciutto. You know, yeah, yeah. so and eating a lot more vegetables, shitting like a fucking, I'm shitting like a horse. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah you get your uh, your intestines are working right, your innards are working right, dude. Fucking, yeah. uh, you said you mentioned chicken palm. Like, I will judge a place on chicken palm, and no matter how, like much of a health kick I'm on. Like if I'm at a place that I haven't been that has chicken palm, I'm getting chicken palm. You know what I mean? That's, that's like one of my all time favorites. And I like it fra Diablo. You know what I mean? It's gotta be spicy. I don't like the sweet shit, you know? Um, I, I, I will buy the chicken palm. Even if I don't get it there, I'll get like a, like a super salad sandwich or something or brujure or whatever, provolone. And I'll get a chicken palm to go and I'll maybe eat that later. That's the problem. Yeah. That's my big issue. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or or sometimes I can't make up my mind on a whole sandwich and I'll order a half a sandwich of a chicken palm and then I'll order half a sandwich of uh, you know, some kind of salami or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's I, some gobble shit right there. Yeah, well I was gonna say that could be the name of your sandwich. You just throw everything in it and call it the total gavone, you know? That would, that would be a fitting thing. So while we're, like, what a transition, right? While we, while, we, while we just did that, what's tell me what's going on with Total Gavone. I know you got like a, it's like a clothing company and it's like also, you know, you, like you're like just general website and stuff like. Uh, yeah. So I started up, um, I, I had a, I had a website for Northside King stuff. Um, Cause people were asking, where can I buy the books? I, I, I really hate when people buy a book off me cause I got to go mail it. But I have them for sale on there too. But Amazon is best, the best of the books because Amazon Prime ships it to you in a couple of days rather than me getting my ass to the post office and doing it. But um, I, I needed a place where I could put the, you know, all our albums are available for download. You can read any Northside Cage album on there. And I sell them cheaper than iTunes and all that. I mean, you can still listen to it on YouTube, so there's not really even a need to buy them anymore. But yeah, but but uh, some know, people I, just want to support. Like this podcast is free, yeah. but I got people that sign up for Patreon and actually kind of put their money where their where their ears are and and, yeah. and want to support. And it's there's still cool motherfuckers out there that 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 are into supporting shit they like, you know. So that's important. I started making some shirts, and then you know I wanted to make some shirts that were like kind of Italian themed stuff. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I didn't want to do what Omerta's doing because they're awesome and they got their own thing. But I, uh, I I started like making shirts that had like that said like to- just total Gavone on them, or um, I got a, a hat that says you're a Mama Luke, and it's got like the Italian colors flag on the side of it, like super Guido type funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and I started making a little bit more and a little bit more, and I started catching on. And uh, you know I, I ended up I was able to integrate it with what I had with Northside Kings and. Uh, you know, I started, started making some cool stuff. And then my buddy, Mick uh, Lambro, I don't know if you know who he is, but he does a lot of stuff for uh, uh, Omerta. Austra- Australian guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking nicest guy you ever met. Um, uh, shout out to Mick if he's listening right yeah, now. I, I've ordered some prints from him. He's a good, solid dude, man, for sure. Solid guy, yeah. He started drawing up some stuff for me, and he made some Northside King stuff, and then he made some Total Gavone stuff. Like, I got a really cool shirt that's just got Paulie Walnuts on it. And he's sitting at the cafe, and it says, "Come in the Torre." You ever saw the Sopranos? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know what that's from. You know, Absolutely. he drew a really good Paulie Walnut shirt for me, and just a mix of different stuff. And then, like after I did that Steven Seagal marathon, I made a shirt that said, 
anybody's seen Richie and on the back, it says Bobby Lupo, rest in peace, 1991, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I make some fun shirts, like limited shirts and uh, and hats, and uh, it, it, it's still pretty good. And listen, it's all stuff that, like, I would have liked to have owned myself, so uh, I, I kind of went with that. And uh, I got That's, that's the best way to do it, man, is to do shit you, you'd want, because you, you know what I mean? Because... I don't know. That's to me. That's always the way you do it. That's like with the with the shirts I make for the shop here and stuff. It's just like, what would I want? You know what I mean? And then if other people like it, fucking good. <laughs> My most popular shirt I got is a shirt that says, "It just simply says, your crew is whack." Nice. That one. That one sells pretty pretty frequently. Your crew is whack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had the uh, you had the pillowcase right with the horse head on it. Yeah, Nick did that too. So like a god, a Godfather shirt. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I made a shirt too, but it's got a, just a horse head that's decapitated in blood. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. It's a, and then on the back it says, "I ain't no band leader." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah, you know? and then every, and then for Christmas last year, I did. Uh, I only sold a couple of them, but I did a shirt that uh, I don't think people got it. It, uh, it was a Godfather tribute that said, "Go show Carlo the tree." And I don't know if you remember Godfather 2 at the end of the movie when they're talking, Michael's talking about uh, joining the military. Uh, uh, his sister's sitting there and, uh, and Carlo's at the table. And Sonny just says, Connie, go show Carlo the tree. I always thought it was one of the funniest lines. Like, yeah. get, get, the fuck, get him the fuck out of here. So I made a Christmas shirt that literally has like Christmas trees on it and shit. And it just says, go show Carlo the tree. And this year I'm going to make another one. I want to make a new go show Carlo the tree shirt. Uh, every Christmas, nice. <laughs> that's gonna be my thing. There you so, go. You know, yeah, and I'm sure you'll have some motherfucker that collects them all. You know, and, and uh... yeah, and everybody that buys some of these shirts, you know, that guy who bought that Richie shirt was like, man, I wore this one time. He's like, and three people recognized it. I was like, get out of here, really? Yeah, like, like how many people really know that Steven Seagal fucking Alfred Justice movie? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. At so, least how many people today know it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it depends on the age range of, of the venue you're at. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're at That's a turnstile show, no one's going to know it. If you're at a fucking agnostic front show, people might fucking know it. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm not saying that disparagingly at all. I'm just saying it like, whatever. I don't, I don't know the turnstile guys. I don't care. You know what I mean? But, and I, I and, and, and the agnostic front guys are like, like my fucking brothers, you know what I mean? So it's a, but it's a definite age difference. There's an age <laughs> sure. difference. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, but dude, fucking yeah, dude. So like, uh, what else you got coming up with that? Any, any, uh, any plans for the, um, I got, that? I'm working on, well, I'm working on a new book with Mick actually. Um, it's, uh, is he going to be like uh, illustrating or? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how to explain this book. I haven't come up with a title for it yet. I kind of think I have a title. But I, I I don't really like it, so I don't want to say it yet. But I'll, okay. I'll kind of give you the gist of the book. Yeah, I I'm one of like like I said like I keep all these lists of all these magazines and shit that I have. I also keep a list of things I don't like, <laughs> and I've been keeping this list since I was a kid. And things that annoy me, or things that I I don't understand, and it's stupid to me, or or or, or things I'm annoyed by. Yeah, just irks irksome things. Things I'm irked by, and. Uh, I, the book is literally a list of all those things. And um, I, I'll give you an example of one of the things in the book. 
uh, it, 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 one of them is uh, uh, dancing at weddings, <laughs> uh, and and I and I basically say like, I don't want to dance. Don't fucking bother me. Contrary to Gloria Estefan's belief, the rhythm is not going to get me. So leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you know, because how many times you've been to a wedding and someone's trying to pull you up to dance? Yeah. So that's happened a million times to me. So I wrote it down, <laughs> and it's one of the things in this list. You know, uh, and it just goes on and on of of things that like I'm completely bothered by. Like I don't like. I think it's weird to drink water out of a coffee cup. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it just tastes weird to me. Yeah. And I think co- I think drinking coffee out of a glass is fucking weird. I can't wrap my head around that. Either. No, no, there's not even iced coffee. I, would, I wouldn't want a glass. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. So, so it's an entire list of those things written a lot better than I'm saying it over the phone to you. But uh, and, and and Mick is doing some illustrations. Awesome. Like, that, that's... It's like a, it's like a, it's like an ongoing character that kind of looks a little like me, but not quite. Like yeah. uh, uh, like he he sent me one recently where. Uh, um, uh, it says, do you want to hold my baby? And I just wrote no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he's got a picture of like a lady like handing off this screaming baby to the to the guy, you know, who's like, get the fuck out of here! I don't want to, I don't want to touch your baby. So that's that's what I've been working on. Uh, I'm like, like without illustrations, I'm about like fifty pages into it. So um, I've been trying to. I'm going through these lists and going, yeah, this is not that good. Or, eh. Like, like I was mad about Labor Day. Why can't we wear white after Labor Day? You know, I don't know if I'm going to quite use that, but that's that's yeah. something I'm bothered about. You know, why are yeah. you wearing white? What the fuck do you mean? Why am I wearing white? So, <laughs> what's your most like wacky or unexplainable? Because I got one that I just literally developed today, so I know exactly. I, I'm so in on the concept of this book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. like, like I. What's like the one that's like the most inexplainable or like maybe like the, the the funniest, not funniest, but the most like random, like, I don't know why, but this really fucking pisses me off. Oh God. I, there's just so many in there. Yeah. You even come up with one off the top of my head. Like I, I don't like walking barefoot in a, in a creek or a lake. Yeah. Uh, and I talk about like how I would never survive on naked and afraid because yeah. I would never be able to even get out of the boat, let alone <laughs> sleep in the woods without my sleep apnea machine. Like, you know, like there's a few things I would bring would be an extension cord so I could plug in my, my CPAP and, <laughs> and, and, you know, a comfortable bed. And like, I, I, and I could never walk barefoot in the creek. I'd be fucked. Um, you know, I, I don't like, uh, there's, there's just a ton. Of, there's just a ton. Yeah. Every, every day. Let me look. I can tell you what I probably even have on my phone right now. Let's see here. While you're looking at that, let me ask you a follow-up question to the to the dancing one. Do you? It was it that you don't want to dance or don't like to dance at weddings, or you don't like even like seeing people dance at weddings? No, no, I don't. People can dance all day. I don't care right. about that. I just I'm too fat and fucking sweaty. I don't want to get up on a dance floor. Oh, like, okay. leave, me, leave, me, leave, me alone, leave me alone. People can go dance, have fun. I don't know. Listen, all this whole book is not even about everybody can go do what they want to do. I just uh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to do it. Like, um, here's stuff that I haven't used that I am not maybe the most fond of, but this is just on my phone. I don't like that my teeth are strong enough that I can eat Mary Jane. I wrote that down one day. Um, I can't chew Mary Jane. It's fucked. Um, can anybody? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, 
I kind of remember those. Like that's like that's like Mary Jane's are like one of those candies that I haven't had since I was a kid at my grandmother's house, and she had the random candy dish that would have those, the little butterscotch disc shaped candies and like weird like round hard candies of different flavors that were all individually wrapped they're always stuck together too the ones yeah. that weren't wrapped so yeah, like a fucking yeah. like a rock yeah, yeah. I, but i got friends that can still eat that shit you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. um i don't like the, the windshield repair guys that stop me uh at the, at the grocery store because my windshield tries like leave <laughs> me alone that, that's in this list of things i don't like yeah um that I haven't, these are, these are ones I haven't even used. Um, uh, I hate, uh, I hate the guy. Oh, here's a good one. I hate the guy at the bowling alley that eats chicken wings. There's this guy that in this bowling league I was on and he would eat chicken wings every fucking week and he had chicken wings all over his fucking fingers. And then he's sticking his fingers in the fucking ball uh. and like throwing the fucking ball down the aisle and he's back and he's eating chicken wings. I mean, he wipes his fingers off between, but Still, you got to think about that fucking, how many guys are like that guy with the bowling ball just infecting that fucking bowling ball? And he's eating the chicken wings and sucking the fucking shit off his fingers. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that's, that's another one yeah. that I fucking no, yeah, I fuck, hate. Fuck, I hate, I hate, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hate public bathrooms that don't have uh, towel dispensers, that they have the blow dryer ones now. I, I, I want to fucking take the towel because I don't want to grab the handle after I wash my hands to open up the fucking door. I, I, but when you got the blow dryer, I got to, now my hands are nice and clean. And then I got to go touch the door handle. Some guys piss cock fucking yeah, hands yeah, all yeah. over the handle. Yeah. You know? But with the, with the, with the towel, you can use the towel to open the door and then just toss the towel in the trash, or, you know, over your shoulder as you walk out. Exactly. Here's another one that I probably won't use. I put bootleg concert cassettes. Uh, <laughs> and then I started talking about uh, how reruns, bootleg the Doobie Brothers concert and who the fuck wants to listen to bootleg cassettes and I was like wait a minute no one's listening to the cassettes anymore anyway one of my irrational hatreds is just live records anyway I I hate I want to listen to a record made in a studio I don't want to listen to a live record I like live music I love it I love going to see bands live I don't want to hear a live record to me it just sucks (laughs) with the exception maybe the AF live at CB's gets a little bit of a pass but because it was actually like propane really... has a good live album too. I got to say, they, yeah. uh, they, it sounds like they recorded it in the studio. Good, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like Slayer live on dead was actually in the studio and they just yeah. had friends yell in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is another one I probably won't use. Uh, cause it was probably a little outdated, but it's on my list of things that I didn't use yet. I hate when the cast members of storage wars, over evaluate the price of an item that they found in a locker. <laughs> Don't bullshit me. I know that realistic mid to late eighties stereo receiver isn't worth six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one I didn't use. Yeah. I, I, I discovered I have a I have an I have my irrational hatreds are like kind of weird and specific. Like you know what I know what I wicked fucking hate? Um being in a line like I'm not really in fast food lines anymore, but like I'll be in like a line for like iced coffee in the morning. I hate watching the person in front of me order. 
like, especially looking at their mouth. I'm like, you look so fucking stupid talking into the box and you're trying to make up an order and it's the same shit and you don't know what it is and you're stumbling through it. It makes me hate humanity so much watching people order from a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know why, dude. Great, I don't that's know That's a great one. I can, re- I can relate to it, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm like, oh, you fucking I, I, stupid. I, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 and it's just how many times you're in the fucking store and you're, and you're buying groceries and the guy... Uh, the guy in front of you fucking the package is open and now he sends somebody in the back to go fucking replace the package yeah. and you're sitting there waiting for this guy because he really wants that uh, box of cereal but the fucking bag is open you should have fucking noticed that the bag was open yeah, before you yeah. put it in your cart oh just yeah just inconsiderate stupid people that's why like in the other one this morning like I had like four Gatorades and shit that I was going to be bringing into the shop and stuff like because it was a hot, sweaty day here. And I'm standing there holding all this shit. And this dude's like at the convenience store in front of me playing fucking scratchies like it's a Vegas lottery. Like it's like like he's in fucking Vegas. Like, like hey, calm down, Monte Carlo. Like he's like, uh, give me three number twos, <laughs> a, a 10, a fucking 18, a 24, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. Like and then the, then like they start doing like all the lottery shit like with like the numbers and this and that and like oh I don't know if this number came through right and blah 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 can you check if I won this <laughs> I'm like dude f- like the fuck you like I'm just trying to buy these three things with cash like you're like fucking doing mad fucking gambling transactions fucking relax man like <laughs> go to the casino yeah, dude go to the casino but yeah n- but next time you're in a drive through. And I and this is to everybody. Not you, you watch the person or the people in front of you order. If you're like two or three back, like you'll hate them. I don't know why. You'll just hate them. You'll be like, people are fucking stupid. I hate humanity. When you look at people order from a fucking whether you're at Jack in the Box or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever the fuck is you know, In and Out Burger. You're, 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 you're going to create. You're going to create a whole complex for me now. I'm going to do that. <laughs> if you do, give me a call. Let me know. I I want to I want to follow up. Yeah, I want to hear about you're, it. You're going to get it. You'll get it for sure. <laughs> I want to uh, be yelling out the window. Move, make your fucking order already. Get the stupid. fuck out of here. Yeah. I, 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 I also hate seeing, um, cause it's, you know, like, uh, there's an ice cream place up the street from here and I don't know why this bothers me, but I was telling someone about it the other day and I was like, I don't know why this bothers me. Like, I really don't, there's no reason for this to bother me as much as it does, but I drive by this ice cream place and there'll be a line of people because, you know, it's super hot and humid out right now and everything. And I just hate seeing like grown men by themselves in line for ice cream. Like, I don't know why that bothers me so much. You got kids, I understand. You know what I mean? But like, just like grown, not even men, but grown adults, like singular, you're, like in line for ice cream. I don't know why that bothers me so much. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You are the perfect demographic for this book. I'm telling you <laughs> Yeah, right I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love a rational hatred. I, I fucking embrace it. Like, like I, you, that should be a total kavonsha, like embrace a rational hatred. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, I fucking, I love it, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I and it's nothing like I would ever act on or like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to stop bashing people in line for ice cream. Like, I don't, or, or like ordering from Dunkin' Donuts, but it's just, I don't know why. It, it, it irks me so much. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, man. So, I've been, I've been trying to assemble this uh, up, and I think Nick's going to do a really good job with the illustrations. I'm happy to be able to like uh, kind of work on a book with him because he, he's such a good artist, you know. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. He's been killing it too. Like that dude produces, man. Like it seems like every day he's got some new rad shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he did a really cool Biohazard one uh, uh, print uh, yesterday. 
that he included so much biohazard stuff in, like, like if you buy a subway and it's a five box for the subway, a little arrow. Yeah. Uh, there's a newspaper that says justified violence on the floor. I mean, it was it was so cool. I was like, man, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you like included absolutely everything you could think of in this drawing. It's great. I bought um his Boston, excuse me, his Boston hardcore print and one of the New York hardcore prints to put up at the at the tattoo shop. And uh, there's so much little hidden shit in there, dude. I just love looking at him. Like I, I'm I'm just I gotta get some frames for him and then I'm putting them up. But speaking of Boston hardcore, that last Blackout album is like the greatest fucking album I think of the last couple of years i can't stop listening to it yeah they got they got a new one uh they got a new one coming out um they they, they just recorded like two weeks ago a new uh slap shot and a new stars and stripes record the last show i saw before the pandemic was their show here in phoenix and I, you know and and I, I got to see them like twice within like a six or a seven month time period which you know i don't think i've gotten to see slap shots like twice in Arizona prior, like the whole time I've lived here. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of cool to see them back and, and killing it uh, more than ever. Yeah, they'll be uh, they'll be touring again because it's the 35th anniversary. Well, last the co- during the during the lockdown was their 35th anniversary, so they're they're doing it this year. You know, so they I know they got some tours planned. I'm sure they'll be hitting Arizona at some point. Uh, I'm excited for that for sure. Yeah, dude. Well. What else, man? What else is going on? We talked about a lot of shit. We're almost at two hours, man. Then that's on the phone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got to do one in person sometime. I, I come out to Arizona. I'm coming out in October for a ride. And if I can get to Phoenix, dude, we should we should do one like a, I don't know, we should like think of a specific thing. Maybe do some like movie fucking talk or something. You know what I mean? Specific. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'll cook up some food. We'll fucking hang out. We'll barbecue and we'll push show and eat. Fuck yeah, man. Not that anybody wants to hear us chewing and shit, but. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, dude, because I, 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 uh, the in-person ones are always, you know, uh, I don't know. There's just, there's something when you're sitting across from somebody that makes it a little, there's a little more, I I mean, the phone ones are great. And especially in this day and age, you know, that we can do this is fucking rad. And um, last year there was no choice. Like most of them were this way, but there's just something different about being present. You know what I mean? And and there's certain people I know we would do like so much, like we'd have, we'd have some funny shit going on if we were like across from each other. You know what I mean? Um, I'm definitely down. You, you, if you get out here in October, you let me know if you can make some time. We'll we'll hang out and, uh, We'll get together and uh, we'll shoot the shit, you know. And yeah. Because I mean, you can keep talking for hours. So absolutely, dude. Um, and there's uh, if I don't, if if it's not this October, I got a plan where I I'm just gonna take a week or two. I think I'm gonna I got a transit van and uh for the shop and i might just fucking jump in that with the podcast and shit maybe set something up even in the van or something and get a generator or something and be able to do them i just want to drive cross country and, and uh bring a motorcycle or something and just fucking ride and fucking maybe i'll just find a way to bring the downgrade the equipment to like a smaller equipment and just ride across and do a bunch that, um that would be awesome but yeah dude because it's that getting back to that whole wanderlust thing, dude, and getting out there and adventure, dude. Like I feel like I, 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 I'm just itching for that shit. You know what I mean? And, and uh, but, but fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I and for it, as soon as it cools off, like I, I really am. I'm excited to get back on the bike. I mean, just ride uh, around, especially, yeah. yeah, especially since even during this last couple months, uh, I lost a few more pounds during uh, during you know, eating eating better and. Uh, I'm going to get on that bike and be a little lighter than I was before yeah. I stopped riding. So, 
Tell you, you what, know, dude, fucking 110, 110 degrees, dude. You pedal your ass around for a half hour. You'd be lighter when you get back. <laughs> Fuck <it. laughs> I might not make it. Yeah, back. I know. That's, that shit's crazy, dude. Yeah, that shit's crazy. You're going to have to drink. You're going to have to drink a gallon of water just to fucking make it through a half hour just, ride. Just to make it through. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, and I sweat. I'm a guy that, that sweats a lot. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, when you, you get me on that bike, I'm, I'm drenched. I mean, I, I've actually brought a change of shirt with me on the bike. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's how ridiculous I'm sweating, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, uh, you know, I think if anybody that, uh, listening that hasn't really gone out and done anything like that in a while, go get a bike and see what the fuck is around your neighborhood because you'll be really surprised how, how much that, like I said, 10 years in this neighborhood, I did not know a quarter of what was around me. Yeah. You know, you just get in the car and you go a few places and that's it. But, you know, I got, I, I can, I, I, now, you know, well, I shouldn't say now, but that, that deli I was talking about, the, the Falcos, I ride my bike there, pick up a sandwich and uh, throw it in my backpack and bring the bike, you know, bring it home because it's close enough. It's only, I think it was like a three and a half mile bike ride to, yeah, to yeah. get the, sandwich you get back to my house you feel, you know? you feel less guilty get, about eating it when you when you huffed your way there and back yeah i'm trying to get into that mindset uh if i'm going to eat this i need to work it off a little bit because believe me the older we're getting it's uh it's staying on <laughs> it's not oh, going no, yeah, the way yeah. as i like it though yeah you know yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh but everything can change. You look at fucking Hoya, man. That dude fucking shredded the fuck. Oh up. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hoya looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh that rapper guy too, uh what's his name? Uh, uh, Action Bronson. Action Bronson, holy shit. Yeah. You know, uh I, you know, and I I wouldn't say I was as big as Action Bronson, but I'm not too far not too far off from him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean I see that belly and I know I know, I know the struggle. Yeah. My thing is I've been, I've been concentrating on lifting heavy the last couple years and it's, it's cool because you know, I get like defined shoulders and defined like chest and stuff, but I still got a big gut. And so I started like I, I had hand surgery the other day. And so I've been, I can't lift heavy for the next couple of weeks. So I've been doing way more like cardio and just like, like body weight and leg stuff and whatever. And, uh, I was like, fuck dude, I need to be really integrating more cardio into my fucking exercise routine man because it fucking kills you dude but especially in this heat like even the even in an air-conditioned gym it fucking sucks right now man i can't can't wait for fall when shit's crispy you know what i mean and fucking um and, and way more. I, I noticed a lot more strength in my legs uh, oh from, from pedaling around yeah. absolutely dude and and that's really what my weak spot is because you know i'm carrying around all the weight so to put that little bit more muscle into my legs was helping me get around. It's going to help your knees. It's going, to, it's going to help everything. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I'm going to get back with it and, uh, you know, keep eating, uh, fucking, uh, beans. And, uh, I like the beyond meat burgers are not bad. Um, I, I, I embrace tahini sauce. Uh, yeah. and I've been, I've been using that. I like cauliflower with tahini sauce and, I can't believe that I could eat that for a meal and, and that would be my dinner. Yeah. And, and, and I could be okay with it because normally it's a ribeye, you know, and a, and a potato and a side of something else. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm eating, like, for lunch today I had, uh, like, a pita bread with uh, with hummus on it. And 
I had some baby cats, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I can't believe that's what I had, you know? Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, too, like, in 110-degree weather, that stuff sounds pretty fucking good, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> True. Like, and I love right. steak, but, like, a ribeye right now, I'm like, eh, uh, give me some fucking lettuce or some shit, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> it's the only time. And they'll come, come fall and winter, I'll be like, fuck lettuce, dude, give me a fucking ribeye, you know what I mean? But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But but dude, where can uh, I know uh, totalgavone.com is your website? Like, where can people find you? Uh, what other um, you know website or social medias do you got so that people could uh, find out more information about what you're going on? Because you got a shitload of stuff going on. I love that, man. I love people that got their hands in a lot of different shit. You know, it's so interesting. The totalgavone.com, uh, G-A-V-O-N-E. So uh, which means like uh, in Italian, is a guy that's like a glom, a guy that like. Maybe a little greedy, eat too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it came from my father. Just one time, uh, in my old business years ago, Chick Fil A moved in the area, and they gave us like a a tray of like a hundred chicken nuggets or something. And I kept telling my father was there for the day, and I'm like, "Hey, I got all these chicken nuggets. Me and the guys are eating them. If you want some, you know, come on in and get some." He's like, "Yeah, I get some in a little bit. Yeah, I get some in a little bit." And then he, he got there, and there was like four nuggets left, <laughs> and we were finishing them off. And he goes, you ate all them fucking nuggets? And me and the guys, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I told you like 10 times. We're eating them. You better get in here. He goes, looks at me, he goes, you are a total gavone. <laughs> so that's, that's where it kind of came from. from Pops. Yeah. He's, like a, he's like a legend out here. If anybody I mean, in Arizona knows Pops, they know even my father's a maniac. He's like the last of the fucking real tough guys. Uh, like awesome. old school guys. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, that, and I got, a, I got an Instagram for it. And, uh, I got my own Instagram, Danny Marinino, on there. And then uh, I got the uh, Facebook for Total Gavone as well, uh, which I don't post as much on. But um, I'm doing a lot of different stuff. Uh, I got a, uh, I worked on um, a Kickstarter for uh, a comic book that just came out called uh, uh, Gorgon. And uh, my friend, uh, him and his guys, they do the writing and drawing on it. But I do these like kind of articles in, in the back of his books. Like I, this one, Gorgon is basically a story of uh, this Medusa is a Gorgon. She has yeah. three sisters. It's the, the history of it. Basically, one of the sisters was found in South America, and she has a venom that's like a, a highly uh, addictive drug. And these drug lords in Colombia found her, and they're trying to harvest the, the venom. It turns into like this new drug. It takes place in the eighties. This comic book, and uh, I wrote this whole thing in the back about kind of the pop culture history of Medusa, and I do a lot of cool stuff like that too in some of those books. I did uh, I did uh, a, a series, uh, Rising Rebel, Rising Rebels, about these um, this place in the south where these like they're not quite zombies. They're like these swamp creatures that are put together with like dead carcasses of like uh rebel soldiers uh and like frogs and snakes and they're kind of like these like mutant monster things that come back and try to take over this town and all the people in the south fuck them all up and in the back of each issue i did something on like 80s pop culture kind of stuff for it so i do a lot of writing in, in some of those different comic books like that and uh you know, at least the writing kind of keeps me a little busy because I can, I, I don't, it doesn't take like five guys to do it. I don't have to yeah. assemble everybody for band practice. So sure, yeah. uh, I've been, I've been doing a little bit more of the writing, but I got that. And then the new book and 
I'm working on, which I post that stuff all on the website and, and all my social media stuff. So yeah, uh, you can find it all over there. And I'll put out for, for anyone listening. You don't got to remember all those. You can go to uh, in the show notes. I'll have uh, the website and the, and the social media. So you can click a link there and uh, get in, get in uh, that way. Um, if you didn't uh, have time to write it. Yeah, down or something. And if you don't have audible, but you want to listen to my audio book, cause it's basically me telling these, a lot of those stories about Frank's chicken house and all that. Uh, you can, you can get that audio book on, um, on my website as a digital download as well. There's a, there's, there's actually a deleted chapter that's on YouTube. If you look up Danny Marianino to make matters worse, there's a chapter that I wrote that I took out of the book because I didn't want animal rights people to like start giving me bad reviews. <laughs> uh, but I, but I did record the chapter and it's, it's, it's a couple stories of me the first time I, I cooked a pig and uh, how I got the pig and from these Yugoslavian mob guys. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you can, I actually just uploaded it on YouTube a while back. So you can actually just listen to the story on, on YouTube for free. So Yeah, give that a listen and then to wet the whistle and then pay to download the whole thing and support, you know. Um, but fuck yeah, man. It was good having you on, dude. I, I, you know, I know we've talked about doing this for a while, so I'm glad we could finally get it together. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, and uh, Of course, man. Listen, me and you got some history. I mean, going back to, like I said, I found that email from like 2005 from one of your old videos uh, yeah. with music. So, yeah. You know, oh, and, uh, and yeah, and for anyone that's listening, don't forget that fucking uh, Northside Kings was on one of the old Chopperhead DVDs. Uh, uh, the the bad guy was uh, the the song, and uh, so good, man, so good. That was a uh, uh, th- that song fit perfect. You know what I mean? Like um, uh, to the segment that we did, I got to dig that up. I got. Did you ever see that? Did, did I send you some? I, I I tried to send all the bands uh, copies of the DVDs. I don't think I don't think I don't think you sent me one. Uh, okay. But I, I would, if you still have any around, I would love to see it for sure. Absolutely. Let me find out which volume it's on, or I'll just send you. A, I'll just send you all the DVDs anyway, because you, you'll dig it. You know what I mean? Like, um, and uh, I, I'll get some out to you. I don't have any more volume ones, but uh, I have uh, two, three, and four, uh, and I'll, I'll send you those. It should be. I know it's not on four, but it's it might be on two. It, it, but uh, but uh, yeah. I'll, anyway. I'll pop some. I'll pop some books out to you in the mail as well. Oh yeah, dude. And then uh, let let me uh, let me. Um, I'm gonna shut this off here, uh, but but I'm not gonna hang up. Hold on one second.